3: Happy April April Fool's Day! I wasn't no. gonna, I wasn't going to say that because I was going to play a trick on you. But we don't we don't play that way on this show. Are you sure? We shoot straight. Oh, you, you shoot the insults right to me. No, 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 no. We're full of love and light. <laughs> Why is he laughing? I don't know. It's too early for that, Ben. Hey, top of the morning to you. My favorite line. This day always has me on edge. Does it? Well, yeah, yeah. You always got to check your back. Well, whenever
0: someone says something to you, you have to always think, it's April Fool's.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Is this a thing? Is this something I need to worry about? Or are they trying to trick me? Yeah. And with our producers, um, it's scary. Yeah? Because you never know. That's why I lock my door. Well, that's one reason I lock my door. It's a good move. I just like to be locked in box, a really cold box. By the way, um, for those out there in listener land, uh, here at BYU Broadcasting, we we had some new pictures taken, some new photos taken of a lot of the the hosts, the talk show hosts. And then they posted these banners down in the lobby. They're huge. These huge banners. And my producers won't leave them alone. They Mm -hmm. just love them. In fact, Ben, did I tell you what I saw Ben doing down there yesterday? Just sitting in front of it. Really? Meditating. Mm. Lotus pose. Mm-hmm. Um, Was he trying to gleam knowledge from uh-huh. your picture? And he just kept touching it. Mm. Just kept rubbing my face. You can't do that. It's going to mess it up. In fact, I went down there. It's, the sign's already all greasy. I, I noticed
5: you're better dressed on the sign than you are when you do the show.
3: Yeah. Thanks. It's... Good, good eye. Good eye, Ben I just thought Ben, they dressed me for that
5: Yeah, I I was going to say it looked like you dressed up specifically for that I
3: brought 20 air quote outfits Because I never use that word 20-ish Wow I had three or four They told me exactly what to wear They told me how to pose Mm. Which I love doing I love it when they're like, no, put your arm a little higher But not to brag, I looked hot not really. I hated that. That was the worst day of my life. <laughs> I'd rather I, I seriously saw, have root canal I saw surgery. some of the other hosts being uh, oh, it's horrible. manipulated and The people positioned. were fantastic.
0: Yeah. Everyone around was great, but I don't like that. They had a, they had a, a snack table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. I, uh, I felt guilty. Did you borrow some? I did not. You should have. I felt like even thinking about it gave me sort of a guilt well, trip because like that wasn't mine. I was like, eh, no one will know, but yeah. I will. We we uh, and I'm you, not sure where all the cameras are in the building yet, so you no, can't yeah. like get away with things yet. So do you have a grid. Out. I've got
3: a grid. Oh, you do want. you? Good, yeah. good, good. It's good. A, called the camera grid. <laughs> I know where there's some, you know, black spots that no one can see what you're doing. That's where I sleep. Is
0: that bad that I walk into a place and start looking to see yeah, where the yeah, the, that's the, the felon, dead zones are? That's
3: the felon in you. Okay, it's just a, it's a simple thing. <laughs> uh, we will post that picture. I have so this this poster, and then I have my. Producers making fun of it, basically. So we will yes. post that picture. How do I do that? Just email you the did, picture. Did you talk to your wife? Oh uh, no, because there was the one. No, that was I'll sent, text her right now. It we'll was get, sent to your Facebook. Yeah, we'll put it on. Fa- yeah, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have my wife. Is put that it the, up on that's Facebook. the picture you're talking about? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: See, so that one was sent to your Facebook, but because the one of our producers posted it to your Facebook, only her and her followers yeah, see it. That's right. And she would like Which is like six people. Yeah, and she would like all of your followers to see it. Yeah. And you, I guess whoever runs your uh, your Facebook page needs to okay that, yeah. and then it'll go through.
3: Yeah, I will. Uh, and then the tidal wave of support. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll post photograph. it on my Facebook page, so go look it up there. We'll post it on Twitter, at Dr. Matt Show. Yeah, send it to me and I can uh, take care of that. Uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know why we even got there, except... April Fool scares me because I have no idea where that poster is going to end up being this today,
0: or what they're going to do. We mm-hmm. do have a couple of producers on the show today. Oh, great! And I'm not quite sure they might
3: be. No, doing you an know April what they're Fool's. doing. I'm not sure. You know actually. what they're doing. I know a piece of it, but I don't know like the whole. Do I need to vision be, of what? They're... Do I? Am I? Should I be afraid? Do I need to, or am I just going to outwit them? <laughs>
0: Maybe some body armor just to be safe. I'll, I'll look into it. I'll, I'll call the campus police, see if they can loan us a couple uh, Luckily, I, I did some sit-ups
3: last night.
5: <laughs> I, I have some body armor in my, in my drawer, so really? I'll just let them use that.
3: Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. Not body, like, prosthetics. That, body armor. That's more one of those muscle shirts.
0: Yeah, yeah looks, not the it, muscle it looks, shirt. It, it's green, looks like the Incredible Hulk, and it's full well, of, like, I, fake muscles. Well, I just muscles.
5: thought intimidation was what was important, so I didn't oh, okay. think it mattered oh, about it could. the functionality of it.
3: Oh, Oh, man. I feel so bad for you. (laughs) Did you hear about this lady whose son sent uh, her a cutout of himself? Yes. And brilliantly. He's overseas, I think. He's overseas, and she was missing him. So he sent this, like, life-size cutout of himself to her, and she then has now taken it everywhere and has pictures taken with it everywhere.
0: Posed him with certain things. He takes her to dinner and sits him across the table. Yeah, they sit
3: across from dinner. She'll take him to the beach Right, she'll don't swim with him. I would just say don't swim with him. Are you going to send your family a full-size cutout? You have photographs, yeah. apparently. We have these posters well, here. In here's the, building. the funny thing. I have a billboard. Hmm. i once I had a billboard for a while, and I have a I have a I have the skin for the billboard. So imagine those big billboards on the side of the road, and you right. buy the skin, and the skin's like thousands of dollars to put on the billboards. You can keep putting it up. Well, so I have that, and I'm thinking I'm not going to use it again. Mm-hmm. So I might cut my head out, which would be about fifteen feet high. Oh wow! And I'm gonna I'm gonna staple it to my garage wall. <laughs> Wouldn't it like roll up on the ceiling? Yeah! Wow! So here, don't you think if you were driving into your house, mm. just think of like, and you pull in, and when the garage door goes up, all of a sudden you see your spouse, and you're like, ah, oh, that'll be great. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So I'm, I don't, they, my kids don't need a cutout of me ever. They're gonna have a billboard, a billboard of Dad in the garage.
4: Huh? Who? How cool
0: is that? Give them that for Christmas. See how oh, that works. They would love that.
3: This is all I got you this year. I got you. And then I got you all some some, photo, uh, some photos from my photo shoot. Oh, nice. Ah, uh, there you go. Pictures of daddy. Don't you think all the friends would be like, your dad is so cool. That's right. And they go, look at my hoverboard. His like, head oh. is huge. Yeah. I got a hoverboard, but you got photos of your dad. Lucky. I, I I'm only saying that right now because it's April Fool's. And they're right now probably eating breakfast thinking, Dad's weird.
6: Yeah. I hate
3: dad. Dad is so weird. Only to a certain extent. Yeah. It's a it's a good hate. Uh speaking of hatred, uh anything on Donald? Any news on Donald? He's going to talk to the GOP. He was he was quiet mm-hmm. yesterday.
0: Um I do not I b I don't I didn't see any uh, rallies or any sort of campaign type he was laying business laying yesterday. Low. Some people are uh, taking more hits on his stance on uh, yeah, what people, he said about abortion the other day. A lot of people are mad but about they're, that. they're so. expanding the message, saying that what he's done is basically expose the GOP for what they truly believe on Yeah, this on is subject. what they
4: really
3: are. Yeah. Right. Right. Sure.
0: Even though the majority of the GOP distanced themselves mm-hmm. greatly from what he said. Right. Yeah. So people are saying the GOP is lying. Of
3: course. What do you think, Matt? I think they're all lying. Okay. I think they're all a bunch of liars. What, all politicians? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they'll say stuff to get elected. But here's what I think is more important. Yes. I think Donald's going to come back different. He'll learn from this? Well, he's meeting with the GOP, and I think the GOP are saying, shut it. Mm. Be quiet. You're ruining not just your chances, but you're ruining the brand. Did you see the letter from a former staffer who
0: was there on the first day when they had meetings to decide whether if he wanted to run for president or not no she then left about oh, i yeah. think about 3 months after he declared she left the campaign what did she say what she's saying is those first meetings the goal set by the 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 uh, the Trump campaign was to be second they wanted to run a protest campaign they're doing that, and they were first. They, they wanted to push certain, uh, sp- certain certain points, certain agenda items that would help Trump and his wow. business. yeah. And they wanted to get him more notoriety. Got it, got expand it. Expand the brand, Check. right? And then basically the front runner would have 50%, he would have 12%, and he could run into the middle of the summer and then sort of fade out.
3: Yeah. Did he – well, he got it. No intention at all. Well, that's amazing. actually winning the election. I thought everybody was saying that he wasn't thinking at all. No. There was very – she said it was very calculated. He was very calculated. They wanted to finish second. And wasn't one of their goals uh, somewhere in there to elevate the Trump steak brand to a completely different level? Could be.
0: It's all about brand awareness. Oh, totally. So now that he's winning, her her question – her concern is – These people really don't want this. This wasn't the goal. This wasn't the plan. I've been saying that
3: forever. He doesn't really – and even – he wants it egoically probably to win the presidency. How cool would that be? And to think he can help, except he doesn't want to do the work all day. Right. Not that he doesn't like to work,
0: but he'd rather go do marketing work. So she's saying that they miscalculated along with everyone else the level of anger in the country and what that would mean, how how,
3: how that would present itself. In a Trump Which being the leader. Doesn't that make sense because maybe that's why he's so kind of shooting from the hip and still yep. like, you know what, I'm you know I, I his brand's been elevated beyond so belief.
0: Because she put that out, others are speculating is he gonna start a campaign of self destruction
3: on purpose. But two, you're so he's gotta worry about his brand. That just sh- I think that's So how that's, subtle
0: can you do it so yeah. that you let someone else I think back we, in the yeah. race so that but at this point, it's it's almost too late. Yeah. Well, now he may actually want it. Because he'll either win it or there'll be a, a a convention fight. Right. And I don't know if you want
3: that. No.
4: Because <laughs> you no. could win.
3: But it's it's going to get crazy.
0: <laughs> or maybe he's changed his 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 mentality. And he yeah. wants the presidency.
3: Oh my heavens! This is or is it just April Fool's Day? Who knows? You see, that's what you don't know. Uh, in a minute, we'll be speaking with Dr. Christine uh, Wheland. Did you know that um, women pay more for products than men do? Yes. Like about 13% more than men do. That's ridiculous for virtually the same thing. Ben just went out and went shopping for us, brought back a a list. Uh, For example, adult diapers. Hmm. Don't know why he started there. That's really odd. I thought,
5: I thought you guys wouldn't need them.
3: No, no, I'm good. That's rude. Uh, women's adult diapers are like 10%, I think, fit, no, 20% more hmm. than male adult diapers. What? Are they pink? Probably. Oh, well, there you go. But are you kidding me? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about this gender pricing, the pink tax, they call it. And in the end, it ends up costing women about $1,400 more a year to live. Than a man. And I'm not even sure if that includes just makeup, does it? I mean, that's that's everything. All of the costs. It's crazy. Yeah. Hair. Getting your hair cut for a female. There's a whole different standard. All right. That's why the Flobie was invented. There you go. By a man, for a man. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we'll get to that in a few minutes, but first let's get to the headlines. Terry, what's going on around the rest of the world?
0: A gunman fatally shot a Virginia State trooper at a busy terminal in the capital city of Richmond before he was shot dead by two other troopers, police say. Two civilians were also shot, but were expected to recover. Trooper Chad P. Uh, Dermeyer, Dermeyer, 37, died Thursday after being shot multiple times, according to Virginia State Police. The civilians, both women, sustained injuries that were not life-threatening, According to spokespeople at the scene uh, the Wisconsin Democratic primary next Tuesday but yesterday Hillary Clinton and Senator Bernie Sanders were both campaigning in New York, a state both claim deep ties to and one that doesn't vote until April 19th. Clinton is already running in New York running New York specific ads and she and husband Bill Clinton are also campaigning in New York City on Friday. Uh, Sanders held a large rally Thursday night at a park in the Bronx. And his campaign said it will air special New York ads also. Here's some of what Bernie had to say last night.
5: If there is a large voter turnout, we will win. And if we win here in New York, we are going to make it to the White House.
0: (laughs) New York. Yeah, he kind of plays up the accent a little bit more here. Totally. Clinton, whose primary home is in Chappaqua, is noting her eight years residency in the state in the... And also uh, her work in the U.S. Senate on behalf of the state. Also, why Sanders is talking a lot about his childhood growing up in Brooklyn. Right. Even though he lives in Vermont.
3: Yeah, that seems weird that she's leading in New York. I get the senator thing, but everyone was calling her a carpetbagger back in the day. Eh, It's different. That was back in the day. And now you got Bernard, who was born and bred there. Right.
0: Hmm and we'll see. Several establishment Republicans in Wisconsin say Ted Cruz's surge in the state isn't due to enthusiasm for the Texas senator, but more anti-Donald Trump sentiment. A Marquette Law School poll has Cruz with a 10-point lead over Trump ahead of next Tuesday's Wisconsin primary. Several prominent Wisconsin Republicans spoke with Politico and said that while they don't care for Cruz's combative style and his hardline stance on immigration, they still view him ultimately as the best alternative to Trump. One businessman said it's going to be an unenthusiastic vote it's it's a pick your poison vote that does not have the business community fired up they're basically asking what color suicide vest do you wear wow it's
3: like wow that's kind of a
0: extreme comment daddy
3: you may you were elected president actually yes and is the anti-trump vote by default i was the other guy on the ballot sad
0: uh, many uh um, There have been many complaints this morning, overnight, also a few lost jobs and some awkward silences. Google disabled one of its April Fool's Day jokes built this year. Uh, In Gmail, there was a function, I, I noticed it last night, called Mic Drop, a special version of the send button that fires off a GIF of a minion character dropping a microphone at the end of your email and meant that if someone responded to your email, you wouldn't see it the idea that i'm out of this conversation gone I, mic drop right yeah well they placed it in a awkward position cuz uh, the the position is actually send archive So when you send it, it'll save it into a separate file for you. But they replaced that button with this mic drop. And so people were inadvertently clicking on it and they were sending it to their bosses. Oh, there was people that were uh, sending like funeral announcements. Oh, no. um, All kinds of weird (laughs) things. Funeral announcements with a mic drop. (laughs) Boom. I'm out of here. (laughs) So, professional emails, even correspondence, some funerals leading to some, some to lose work assignments. So there's been. Sorry, we need to let you go. Yeah, so Google shut this down. You did down. not get the job. Within, they said hours of the feature going live. It started in Australia first. <laughs> so, it went live there. There's people searching for how to shut it down because it was just. Oh, thanks, too awkward. Google. So Google said they're sorry. The company has launched. Uh, they 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 meant it for he- for laughs. It meant you know come, come on back nobody so got hurt. There's some other things they're doing. The company has launched at least five of their April Fools' gags today, including Google cardboard plastic, a transparent box that you strap on your face and enable actual <laughs> reality searchable socks, which lets you find socks with uh, the Google app, and uh, Google Maps Disco, which lets you watch. A a character danced to the song Funky Town on your maps, (laughs) but you have to use your phone to get I tried to get there. It took me a few minutes to figure out the functionality, and when I got there, it was kind of a disappointment, so don't worry about it. That's
3: great. That's great. You can look
0: up Google. They always do something. Last year, they turned Google Maps into a Pac-Man game. Oh, yeah, that's right. So along the roads, you could play. yeah.
3: Yeah, that was a cool one, but sometimes they hit and miss with those. Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you're as big as Google. You can't hit everything perfectly. Well done, folks. I hope you are uh, taking advantage of April Fool's Day, maybe, you know, stressing people out, making people wonder what's really going on. We will be taking a break right now when we come back. Dr. Christine Whelan will be joining us, um, and she is going to walk us through what is going on with the pink tax. Why are women charged more for a pair of jeans than the man uh, is charged for the pair of jeans? Doesn't seem fair, does it? Cost the women about $1,400 a year extra just to be a lady. Hmm. Discrimination or good marketing? Stick with us, folks. We'll iron it out right here in the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, uh, interesting topic today, because it, you know, it's not quite fair, is it, that if we go shopping for shampoo, should a a pink, frilly, flowery bottle of shampoo cost more than just the non-frilly, basic shampoo bottle? Same size, same amount... Well, there is a crazy inconsistency that goes on in the world of marketing, and that inconsistency is costing females about uh, $1,500 a year, more. They call it the pink tax, and it's costing your wives, your mothers, your sisters, your friends more. Is it fair? is it just sexist? What's going on? And so we're going to be talking about that today. Now, as a kid that grew up with four women in the house, I realized everything was different anyway in my life. So youngest child, only boy in the house, only uh, my parents divorced. And so it was just me and my three sisters and my mom. Okay, four women in the house. And we'd go clothes shopping, And we could go in and get my tough skin jeans with my extra durable knees for sliding. And then we would go to the women's department and spend hours trying on clothes. But what I never realized about the whole thing is that all of these feminine products in my house, all of these pink things, their robes that were pink and frilly and their pink slipper. I didn't realize all of that. Was costing so much more than what I would be uh, than what I would be paying as an adult. So whether it's from razors that are almost identical to children's scooters, only differing in color, to adult diapers and various other products, there's an inconsistency. Okay, it's called the pink tax. Products marketed for women or girls are priced higher than virtually identical products for men. And according to one study by a New York uh, Department of Consumer Affairs, personal care products marketed to women cost an average of 13% more than the equivalent men's product. Okay. So 8% on adult clothing, 4% on children's clothing, 7% on toys and accessories, 8% higher on home health care products. And products for seniors. So one study estimated that these hidden costs will eventually cost a woman at least or nearly $1,400 a year. So we want to know why. What's going on there? Dr. Christine Whelan uh, is a clinical professor in the Department of Consumer Science at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She's here today to, to, on the phone, actually, to talk to us about what's going on here. Is this just marketing? Is it, uh, is it sexism? What is going on? Dr. Whelan, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
2: Good morning. Happy to be on.
3: Great to have you. What do you think of this? Teach us. I mean, is this just, is this just economics?
2: <laughs> you know what? At its core, it, it somewhat is. So I think it's a little bit, to answer your question, it's a little bit of both. It's okay. a little bit of marketing. It's a little bit of sexism. There are um, think, of, think about it from a company's perspective first. Yeah. If you know that if you make the identical product a different color, pink as opposed to blue, that someone is going to pay more for it. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to charge more for it. All day long. Right?
3: You're going to charge what you can charge, right? The market exactly. sets the price. It is,
2: it is straight supply and demand. Yeah. So, um, so, really, my role is to help educate consumers to make the best decision about how to spend their money in keeping with their values.
4: Mm. That's,
3: so, that's it, huh? Because it, it's, it's about information. Just be aware is. of it.
2: It is. If you're aware of it, it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. So, think about it. If... If you say, "Gosh, that pink razor is actually going to give me joy in the morning when I get in the shower," I want to look at a pink razor because that's (laughs) going to give me joy. Well, you know what? Then it actually may be worth spending an extra 30 cents or 50 cents on the pink razor rather than the blue. If you say, "You know what? It doesn't matter to me one bit," then get the get the less expensive product. It's also a matter of how we teach our children to, uh, to spend in keeping with their values. When I take my kids to buy a bicycle helmet, for example, if the pink one is significantly more expensive than the blue one or the red one,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I might turn to my daughter and say, hey, guess what? In our family, it, we, we choose to spend our money on the, on the less expensive identical product, and then we'll go home and we'll decorate it. We'll there We'll put you stickers go. on it. Yeah. We'll customize it so it's just perfect for you.
3: That's See, that's how we did it. We, are, we had a daughter first and then five boys, so we always knew that every hand-me-down would be to a boy. And we just kind of bought neutral stuff, reds, Absolutely. gender neutral. And, but it's funny because then some people will go, maybe a grandparent is buying their grandchild a scooter or something, and they have to have the pink one because she's a girl. And, and, you know, get that, it. and okay. that makes sense, right? That's the value. That, that, is,
2: that is the value that the person making the purchase is placing right. on, on the color. And that's fine. It's also fine, in that case, for the, the, uh, the manufacturer to, uh, to, to charge a little more, I think. Yeah. Um, now, now, the, uh, where it gets tricky is when they are charging more for um, identical products where you actually think that you do need to buy the, the women's versus the men's. Hmm. So, for example, a laxative or um, any medicine uh, that is uh, geared toward both women and men. Sure. I might, as a consumer, say, gosh, I need to buy the, the women's product because I worry that the men's product may be stronger or not. Um, equipped for my body.
3: It's not formulated for men,
2: right? <laughs> and so now they have they to formulate are, it. Um, if they're ca- kind of telling a little fib there, yeah. And they're they're uh, they're sort of using a marketing ploy, and then they're charging more. That's a problem. Mm. That is uh, that is not okay. we
3: well, see. And what they would say, though, isn't it, Christine? That the company would say, "But hold on, our research to create the formulation and the formula for the female." Version cost more money to formulate it, costs more research to do it, and more marketing to directly target the female, thus we charge more.
2: Well, yes, but since when did the male become the standard of um,
3: exactly. Of <laughs> exactly, right right.
2: I mean you know women are 50 percent of the population well, you right. need to come up with a product that works for the population at Exactly.
3: Large. Well, see, and that's why you could maybe there's so there's vitamins for senior women and senior men, but there's also just vitamins for seniors, and well, you, exactly. you just you can just pick the gender neutral one, right, and most of the time you'll probably get what you need unless of course, there is a real need to, to differentiate.
2: Right. So for me, it's really about education first and foremost. And yeah. it's about having the consumer know to look um, and, uh, and, and to, uh, to comparison shop. Because once we do that, then if people stop buying pink razors, you know what? Companies are going to stop making more That's right. expensive pink razors. Or they will reduce the price of the pink razors.
3: Right. And why can't, you know, like my wife, a lot of times, it, she'll just use my razor.
2: Well, your razors, are, and this is, the, this, is, this is the even more This is
3: the secret. Thing. Don't tell anyone.
2: I'm going to tell people, (laughs) men's razors are better to begin with. They're
3: way better. Yeah, I've tried to shave with my wife's, and it just cuts my legs right up. Um, (laughs) Is it? Is it – here's, I guess, the deal, though. If they are also – I mean, I have a feeling that, um, like, women's clothing is more money, but and they're saying it's more money just because of the cut and the design, but they're still mass-producing it, and it's not like they're – I don't know. It's – it it really in many cases can't be that much more money. And in fact, well, it's actually less material generally. Usually, right, so why are we not? Material, right. So why are we not cutting a break? It's, is it just not simply that women will pay for it?
2: Women will pay for it, but now, but now we get into the, the double standard about whose appearance, um we, there we go. put more focus on. Yeah. And so this is a, this is a problem. So yes, women will pay for it, but are they paying for it because they, they truly want to and it's in keeping with their values, or are they paying for it because they feel like they have to look a certain way mm-hmm. to present themselves at work in a way that, um, you know, is appropriate for, the, or, or that, um, that a, not that a man will find attractive or all of the, or that you know, society thinks is is au courant and feminine. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of pressures are not ones that are women are really choosing necessarily in keeping with their values, but they're paying for, and so uh, that's where it gets that's where it gets really tricky. Now, I'm not sure I blame the marketers for right. like, the clothing for right. that. That's our larger society. Um, you know, that's that's our larger society.
3: Well, and women so, that that means they have to buy more expensive clothes, but they have to buy they're buying makeup. They're buying, oh, sure. And the makeup itself, I use makeup just on weekends. No. I use makeup on TV all the time. And mm-hmm. when I go in to buy some makeup, it is it's an incredible sales job. And I'm like, I just need this one thing. Just this one thing. Here's the number. Just go grab it. Let me get out of here. But it's fifty bucks. Oh, it's uh, yeah. fifty bucks for this one powder so I don't shine.
2: And think about it if you had to do that every
3: day. Yeah. I mean all day. hair. Nails, and I mean, well, you don't have to have this stuff. True, it's totally true, but people do, and women feel like they do, and a lot of that is just gen- it's how, how we look at each other. It's how we, you know, put women on display. It's how we market. It's so one how of the we airbrush. That
2: we that we talk about in uh, the Money Relationship and Equality Initiative that I direct at the University of Wisconsin at Madison is about how couples can talk about this in relationships. Mm. Because uh, you can imagine a man saying to a woman, well, why is it you spend so much money, uh, so much more money than I do on stuff? You spend all this money on makeup and hair and clothes and, you know, complaining about that. Well, that leads to a larger discussion about presentation of self and values and, um, and, and what it actually means to have equality, financial equality, mm-hmm. which does not necessarily mean the same thing as spending the exact same amount.
3: Right, right, right. And, it's, and there's this weird uh, concept I hear about high-maintenance spouses. <laughs> and I think, well, high-maintenance may simply be because her haircut costs five times more than yours or um, because she has need of feminine products monthly. I mean, these costs aren't, it's not equal. It's not fair. Uh, men don't have to have hygiene products every month like women do. And so it's it, the disparity, I guess, doesn't go away. And I guess part of your goal at More, Money, Relationships, and Equality, um, is to educate, but also I guess to, to help us con- have better conversations, right?
2: Absolutely. So what we do is um on the on our, our website, which is more.com. Sohe.wisc.edu, and maybe you can put that up on your site for your listeners, because we have free workbooks. This is the wonderful part about having this be an academic initiative. It is totally a free thing. Cool, yeah. We offer all of these free workbooks for couples to have conversations about money, Hmm. to have conversations about equality within their relationship, and, by the way, also to have conversations about valuing unpaid labor that is done within the home. Ah, I love it. As equal to paid
3: labor that's done outside the home. Yeah. Now, we have to – okay, let's take a break, Christine. We'll come back. I want to have you on a whole other time just to talk about that. Because <laughs> exactly. how we value – like, my wife stay is a stay-at-home mom and works harder than anyone on earth, makes more money, saves more money for us. But how do we value that and and change the discussion in the world? Mm-hmm. Because – that's so undervalued and even in their own identity they might even not always value it to the degree that we as society probably need to value it so we'll come back and talk to that more with dr christine whelan uh after the break again go to the website more.sohe.wisc.edu uh interesting stuff folks we're learning about equality gender and uh your money stick with us folks we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, great, great topic, important to all of us. Um, it's, it's not just about gender equality, it's about our communications, our relationships, it's about our money. And today we are speaking uh, with Dr. Christine Whelan, who is the, um, the director. She's a professor of consumer science at the University of Wisconsin Madison and the director of the university's Moore program more stands for money relationships and equality and a uh, wonderful resource to help our discussions our relationships about what is what is really i guess uh, equality but also maybe more importantly just start the dialogue in our marriages in our families um, about about our roles our our value and um, and maybe just educate us a little bit more about about what inequality sometimes looks like. Dr. Christine Whelan, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. The website uh, for your information is if you go if you type in more.sohe.wisc.edu, S O H E dot you can get to her website. Uh it's at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and a f- wonderful resource there. Uh they have free workbooks, checklists, tools, everything you need to know um, about money, relationships, and equality. Talk to us, Dr. Whelan. We were talking about this uh, pink tax with women. Um, it's not, I mean, marketing-wise, it seems, I guess, they'll justify it through the business market model. Um, in the end, though, is it, is it something that women should, and men, I guess, too, should fight against? Do we fight it out? Do we And how do we push back on companies that are charging women more for basically the exact same items?
2: I think we, we certainly can fight, and the most important and effective way we can fight is with our dollars. Mm. So this is not about regulation. This is simply about choosing to spend your money differently if you feel that it, the, the, the pink tax is something that is not in keeping with your values. You just so, don't
3: spend the money. Don't buy the pink.
2: Don't buy the pink. Buy the blue. Buy the green. Buy the red.
3: And then make a complaint.
2: You can make it... Just so they know, right?
3: What, Otherwise, they'll just think men are make, buying more.
2: But what's really going to uh, what, what's really gonna move the dial is just, is just spending differently. Yeah. And, and to understand, I think we, we often sort of start at the idea of, of spend, uh, we should just spend our money differently. But I, we need to take a couple steps back. And um, when we talk about relationships, there's this wonderful line, before you can say, I love you, you must first know how to say the I. That's mm. the only way you can wish to be loved. And what that basically means is you have to understand who you are, what your values are, and your sense of self-worth before that you can get in relationship with other people. Hmm. And part of the Money Relationship and Equality Initiative is asking those big questions about values and self-worth. I have a, um, a book that's coming out next month, actually, called The Big Picture, and it is a guide for young adults on how to identify and live a purposeful, meaningful life. And you would think that has nothing to do with money, but it really does. Totally. Because when you you think about what matters to you, and you are living and working toward a larger purpose, then it makes it much more clear about whether you uh, pay extra for something that is a different color or not.
3: Right, right. And and eventually, you're going to have to work together on these resources, so... Having these conversations, that will help, too, right? I mean, this is going to help us get on the same page.
2: It is. And, you know, couples are always going to fight uh, about money because what we're fighting about is a a difference in resource allocation and, again, values. So fights about money are are the worst and longest fights that people have within relationships. Uh, But that's a little bit of a a sort of misnomer because, again, it's, it's not really about the dollars and cents. It's about what what priorities you have, mm-hmm. and and so the more you can talk about those issues, and not focus on you know I can't believe you spent twenty three dollars on that,
3: <laughs> right. right? No, but I had a coupon. We didn't <laughs> need it in it the first place, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Which is I think why this initiative that you're doing is so powerful, because um, you, you so you've been funded. You have I guess some grant money and. You're building this – this is a brilliant kind of approach to relationships by targeting one of the bigger issues, money, and the kind of the power inequality that goes on in relationships.
2: Exactly. And really, it's giving, giving voice to these issues. And because we are through a university and because we're funded with grant money yeah. and, um, and, uh, and private donations, which has been really wonderful, we are able to engage in, in teaching and outreach – so that we are giving away all this uh, all this this knowledge and workbooks and so i've written many workbooks um, and published many books that uh, that i'm trying to sell and it's actually really quite fun to not have to sell anything but to say we have this material it's out there yeah. and uh, Please feel free to use it. It's research-based and, um, and ready for people.
3: And what could we do, just as we kind of are winding this down, what, what are some conversations we should be having in our own marriages, with our children, in our homes, about, um, like you were saying, about just the value of uh, what we do in the home, the value of women, and the value of men?
2: So this comes back to sort of, what do we, what do we care about? So if you ask, you know, even at the family dinner table, uh, one of the questions we ask every day is, is, what was the best thing that happened to you today? And when you do that, you can also acknowledge the people who helped make that great thing happen.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And oftentimes, it is the unpaid labor that is done in the home that, oh say, allows the food to be put on the dinner table the dinner table to be set, the house to be a warm and welcoming place for the family. And to begin to acknowledge that as a family is a great way to acknowledge the importance of care work um, and also to raise the next generation to value it equally to, uh, to paid labor done outside the
4: home. Mm. Because
3: you can't, you, I mean, you could even bring people in to do the cleaning and the food and everything, but... There's something so priceless about the creation of the feeling of home.
2: Yes, and somebody also has to manage and organize all of that.
4: Exactly. used to
2: call it invisible work. Right. And it, until I engaged in all this invisible work, I didn't understand what she was talking yeah, about. You... But now as a mother of lots of young kids myself...
3: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And then and then I guess then have these other discussions. Like talk to your kids about the fact that look, mom's shampoo costs two dollars more than dad's shampoo. And it's from the same company.
2: And then should mom be using dad's shampoo?
3: Mm-hmm. And what happens if mom uses but she'll smell like a man. And talk no, about really, colors. Really? Right. Are, is pink a color for a girl only? Is yeah. Can, can girls wear red instead of pink, or ride a red bike instead of pink?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, so I have um, I have a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old little girl and a six-month-old boy, and we are, um, as somebody who's taught sociology of gender for many years, we are really raising them all in a fairly gender-neutral way, yeah. which means that um, you know that, that my little girls are uh, running around with um, with Star Wars stuff these days,
3: which
2: <laughs> yeah. most little two and four-year-olds are not, but their yeah. their guy friends are, so they are too. <laughs>
3: That's great. No, really. I mean, and it's a it's a different day. It's a different age, and still, too, to be able to also say this is what makes women special. This is what makes men special in their unique ways, and honor that as well.
2: That's right, because equality does not mean that everyone is always the identical. Oh, with and
3: thank heavens, huh? What if I had to have? What if I had to be married to someone like me? Yuck. <laughs> That's disgusting.
2: Well, that's, well a story. that's actually a topic for another day, because for the most part, people do engage in what we call assortative mating. That you do actually pick, choose somebody, pick who
3: them is like very you. Exactly. To you exactly. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. true though, huh? And yeah, mm-hmm. values based exactly your way. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff, Christine. We are for sure going to have you back because you've got so many other topics we'd love to to talk about. Um, so thank you so much again, Dr. Christine Whalen uh, is joining us again from the University of Wisconsin Madison. And uh, again, go to her website. Wonderful resources there. Um, just simply. Go to more.sohi.wisk.edu and check out their workbooks. I just downloaded one of them, um, and it's uh, it's already it's already uh, downloaded. I can see it. I can read it. Great resources for all of us. And also, be ready to check out her new book, "The Big Picture: Purposeful, Meaningful Life." Ah, good stuff, folks. The resources are free. They're they're at your fingertips. Go use them. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. Happy April Fool's Day as well. Uh, And International Tuba Day. International Tuba Day, the day that we celebrate (laughs) the the large, odd instrument in the marching band. This is a uh, little bit of a serenade. This is what Ben plays when he...
5: I brought my tuba to work today.
3: Brings his dates
5: over. What is this called, Ben? Sardis. Say it again. Xardis.
3: Don't understand it. This is quite a tuba. International tuba day. It's the day, uh, you know, tuba players gather to celebrate and, you know their lips, is that what it's called? Mm. It's an important member of the brass section of the band, folks. It's the one that the Stanford football player crushed. That was the day that we'll live in tuba infamy. We lost a tuba player. Uh, anyway, it's also, by the way, one-cent day. The one-cent coin has been in circulation in the United States since 1793, but the modern image of the coin... Bearing the face of American President Abraham Lincoln didn't come into circulation until 1909. Previously to this date, the coins bore the mark of the Native American in traditional headdress. The name penny, hey, penny for your thought, is a colloquialism derived from the English penny, though it is pluralized to pennies in the United States rather than the British pence. Hmm. The image of Lincoln on the coins came to pass as part of the decision made by President Roosevelt to increase the artistic merit of the American currency system. Powerful pennies. Do you even use them anymore? If you found a penny on the ground, would you just would you pick it up? Yeah, would you mm-hmm. for good luck? See, that's yeah. that's the difference. See, at my age, it becomes a kind of a risk management issue. Is it worth the risk to blow out the hip, to lose your equilibrium, to go down and get the penny? Not me, man. I'm a dime man myself. I'll only go down to get the dime. I am the healthiest human ever known to man. Thank you. Speaking of money, sad, sad day for a French woman who thought she won the lottery uh, jackpot. She racked up thousands of dollars in bills. When she went on a shopping spree to celebrate, only to learn her ticket was off by a digit. Uh, You missed it by just a digit. 46-year-old mom (laughs) then had to sheepishly explain her spendthrift ways to the court after cops arrested her for fraud, having bounced checks all over the city. According to newspaper accounts, nobody wants she didn't name. They didn't name the woman. Her husband was worried that the lottery company was slow in sending his wife the winnings, so he rechecked her ticket. Then he realized that her spending celebrations were a tad premature. Isn't that sad? She was given a suspended sentence and some time to pay off her $5800 in bad checks. What's the moral of the story, Ben? What do we learn from this? Ditch the country before your bounce before your checks bounce. No, Benjamin. No. We always, always use a credit card. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) That's just one bill you can dodge for years. That's what my collections agent said.
5: But sooner or later, you're going to have to pay it off. Yeah, the
3: better deal would probably be don't spend your money till the eggs have hatched. Put that on a meme. I just made that up. Good job. Basically, make sure you check the numbers, folks. I know you're all excited, but if you're going to win the lotto, check the numbers 10 times before you write a check. Duh. Seems like a no-brainer.
6: I think that's great analysis.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Again, this is information you don't get everywhere. You don't get this everywhere. In fact, many people would say this is information you shouldn't even be getting. That's how good this is. We're going to take a break, folks. That's our number one of the Matt Townsend Show. You've learned a lot. The pink tax. Women quit buying the pink stuff. It's costing you a fortune. And check the lotto numbers before you go on a spending spree. Information. Helping you live longer. Love stronger and lead a healthier, happier life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back next hour. Stephen M. R. Covey will be joining us. He's going to be talking about his book, Speed of Trust. If you need more trust in your life, stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side. Follow
0: Dr. Matt on Twitter
1: at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at
2: 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
4: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
2: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
4: BYU
6: Radio.
3: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, your coach, your guide on the side. Top of the morning to you, folks. Happy April Fool's Day. Watch your back watch your back don't take any food from anybody today at work it's a trick
5: you got my ice cream right
3: uh, I did I threw it right away
5: man that was made with love
3: that was made in the bathtub if we're going to be honest and the sad thing about that Ben it wasn't even April's April Fool's Day it was just regular ice cream day <sighs> you gotta watch out folks it'll kill ya It'll get you every single time. Uh, Today is a great uh, day to be alive, don't you think? When you think about uh, just your family, your friends, work, you got a job maybe, and you finally, oh, now you're getting yourself out of it. Boy, when you think about it, it it couldn't be, you know, it couldn't be better for you. Unless, of course, you're a 15-year-old boy who fired up a front loader in the under, under the cover of darkness in St. Paul and lumbered along through the city streets on a joyride. This kid, 15 years old, took a front-end loader 22 miles and on a four-hour joyride through the University of Minnesota, downtown Minneapolis, along Lake Street, before crashing into an auto dealership building. Maximum speed for the 9-ton John Deere is 10 miles an hour, basically. And the fact that no one picked up on his uh, four-hour adventure? Priceless.
5: I'd probably steal a different car if I was going to go on a joyride. Would you? Yeah.
3: You wouldn't steal? I mean, what's more manly than a front-end loader? Honda Odyssey. Wow. You know what they say, Ben, about a man, never trust a man in a van. Yeah. So that just confirmed it right there. Uh, this guy went on this joyride. Police sergeant said, there are times at night you'll see maintenance around going on around you so you don't think anything of it. I mean, sure. He was going through a drive through with his front end loader. <laughs> you all know, have a Big Mac. He's 15 years old. He's not even licensed, for heaven's sakes. And then you make one mistake. Mom! Mom, get off my back. Oh, my word. I crashed it. Yeah. Into a dealership. Right. Man, I can't do anything right for you. It's hard to be a teen today. You can't even steal a front-end loader without everyone getting all uptight about it. Hey, on the show today, great, great guest. Honored to have him. Uh, Stephen M. R. Covey will be joining us. Um, He's the author of the book Speed of Trust. A uh, New York Times bestseller, a great man, a great leader, a friend, and he, more importantly, um, is going to teach us about the power of building a relationship with somebody and, and the power of trust. We don't even think about it, but how trust makes or breaks us, right? It, it actually is a multiplier that makes things so much more efficient. When we have high trust, we can say things we need to say. We can do things more efficiently than if we have no trust, or a low trust. So, Doctor uh, Stephen M. R. Covey will be joining us in a minute, and uh, his father, one of the greatest men I think uh, ever, and a great uh, leader, and his uncle John Covey, and brother Sean. All the Covey guys are—they're uh, just a powerful resource for this world. And we'll be speaking to him live in the studio in just a few minutes. Uh, but we also, when we think about it, we've, there's just there's so much going on in the news. You heard Tesla came out with their new car. Did you hear about that? They did. I'm excited because that's kind of affordable. It's about what thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five thousand. The government will throw in a little money, so down to about twenty-eight thousand. Yeah. Then you need just like a thousand-dollar charging station or whatever they call it. Before all the cars were ninety, seventy,
0: yeah, ninety thousand yeah. dollars, and that's kind of unreachable for mm-hmm. a large portion of the uh, the mass, I guess. Buying public when you look at automobiles, but a, a twenty eight thousand dollar car yeah. is totally within reach of of more people, and that's kind of what Tesla Tesla's been trying to do is make a vehicle for the masses. And, but they have to start with the the expensive cars to kind of fund their
3: efforts as right. they keep moving forward, so they can make a car that's more affordable. And they and yeah, they built the long awaited Tesla Model Three. Um, it's and it's a good looking car. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I mean, we're not talking. I mean, it's not. We're not looking at like it's not looking like a Prius. No, I mean, not, there's that, anything wrong with that. No, there is. The, <laughs> I've always had
0: a problem with the cars when they they say it's an electric car, yeah, or rechargeable or right. whatever, and they come out and it looks like a bubble mm-hmm. for no other than I are they just trying to make it look futuristic and everyone thinks a bubble is where we're headed with car design?
3: That's what you want, right? You want it to look like a – you want to drive around
0: in a bubble. But why can't you make a car just look like a car? Why can't you take a Honda Civic and make it electric, but it looks like a Honda Civic? Yeah. Why does it
3: have to look like some odd contraption from the Jetsons? This this Tesla 3 looks – it's sweet. I would – I'd buy one. And they say, you know, these things take off like a rocket. Yeah, the 0 to 60 – I, I don't know exactly what it is, but
0: it's, it's, it's a late... I think it has... Is it called the Insanity Button? Ooh, maybe these don't have Insanity Buttons. There's there's a button. There's One of the cars they have, you're at a dead stop. You hit the button, and it goes from 0 to 60 in like three seconds. Yeah. It it shoots you
3: back into right. your seat. It's and like a rocket. beverage, you'll be, you know, wiping
0: off the back window. There's videos on YouTube of... Uh, they took people on test drives and just watching their reaction as the car just
3: explodes all of a sudden this- forward. I think this is this is the game changer right here. Yeah, because Tesla's already got a good name, and it's such a good looking car. Their other, their other. I was going to go get the Tesla X. I think they call it.
0: Really? Yeah.
3: The the, the crossover yeah, vehicle they have it, with the gold wings. Uh-huh, I'd watched the videos. I was I had sorted it out. I picked my colors, and then I saw the price tag. Yeah. And then I thought, well, we could move the family in there. <laughs> we could live in that SUV. That's fine. <laughs> it's like a motorhome. Um, anyway, so and you're more of a gull wing guy, I think. Oh,
0: totally. You don't need a common, everyday no. kind of door. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's you want to show up with style. You might think that if you open the doors while driving that you could fly, uh-huh. but that's not uh, how it works.
3: Yeah, they probably don't even let you open the doors. Probably while you're not. Driving. Probably not. Such a rip off. <laughs> um, Walmart. Did you hear that story too? That was blowing my mind. Walmart's going to cut hundred bucks off an iPhone. I guess they're just going to absorb the cost. Did you hear? Really? This? It's a big deal. Like a new phone or? I guess. And you buy a new phone with them and they'll decrease the cost 100 bucks for you. Get you huh. They want to get you in the doors. Walmart So it would stock... be $600 instead of seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> think that's, about it. That's totally
3: affordable for a phone. And it's just a 10-year uh, commitment. Right. It's great. Just mortgage your future on a phone. No, but I think this was the first time Walmart's uh, sales have dropped
0: I'm, ever. Like
3: overall? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Well, so yeah,
0: I know they've been re- uh, readjusting their number of stores and the type of stores that are out there because mm-hmm. they have uh, neighborhood markets, which are just sort of a grocery type store instead of a superstore. Yeah, yeah, they've been shutting some of those down and converting them to uh, a superstore. I now guess. they're in the now they're in the phone business. Now they're adjusting
3: phone prices on the fly, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, if, if they're going to help carry the burden, now people can. Crash cars texting. I guess. <laughs> and other things like that. Have we talked about the new light on um, the phone, the iOS upgrade? Oh, where it dims the screen yeah, for you? you pointed that out to me, and I am in yeah. love with my phone. Because on the, fo- on the show, we talk all the time about how you're not supposed to really be looking at screens, blue technology, blue screens after about... Nine o'clock, they say.
0: Yeah, because it'll, it'll, it'll activate it your mind and make you more your, uh, awake.
3: And it does something with your melatonin levels, so you yeah. think it's daytime and you can't go to sleep, which is why if you've ever pulled your phone out at night, you get stimulated and then you can't kind of turn it off. Well, now they have this light on the iPhone that uh, it, changed, it It removes the blue light. It kind of makes it almost a sepia tone on it your – dims the screen. That's mm, beautiful. Now – I've read some things on... And you set on, the time on it. You set the clock. So at 7 o'clock, mine dims instantly. It's, it's called night shift. Okay. And
0: mm-hmm. uh, it'll... like I have mine set for 10 p.m. And then it, it shuts off about 5 a.m. Yeah. Now, I've read some things on how that's pure
3: pseudoscience. Oh, sure. But there's no, like, but there's no, no
0: proof that's actually it's not, helping with anything. That's
3: not pseudoscience. Because when I was driving last night texting... Okay. <laughs> um, I got so sleepy... Mm. while i was texting right that i almost fell asleep at mm-hmm. the wheel while texting while texting mm. which if i nor- when i normally text while driving at night i stay awake and i can't even sleep even which, if i wanted to which think about the other person on the end of that text
0: right <laughs> they're not getting the text because you fell asleep yeah let alone the fact you're driving
3: just think about the person that you're my to. new car will basically take me home if right. i fall asleep
5: hey matt Highway, highway patrols on line one, do you want me to bring them on or? Uh, no. take a
3: message? You know what? Yeah. Just tell them I'll get back to them. Okay. Tell okay. them um, I'll have my people call them. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> we Thanks. don't need to talk. Just have them leave a message. Okay. Sheesh. That sounds bad. Yeah. We shouldn't so. be talking like this. We're about to learn about trust. Trust.
0: But we have we have been full disclosure. Yeah. Five
5: percent accurate on the show. Five percent, actually 7%. Is it no, seven percent. No, it's it's dropped point five percent. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh,
3: you've been taking
5: notes. Yeah, it's it's a study. So four and a half
0: percent accurate on the show. Man, I think that's full disclosure. People know this. We're
3: not violating any no. sort of.
5: We can't be sued.
3: That's one of the keys trust. to building trust: is you've got to manage expectations and be clear. We do not bring you accurate data all of the time. No, sometimes. We don't Our data is not even near accurate. Not <laughs> even close. Like 95% of Sometimes the Sometimes we make it up, folks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get to the headlines. Terry, anything else going on around the rest of the world we need to pay attention to?
0: There is U.S. employers notch another solid month of hiring in March by adding a higher than expected 215,000 jobs driven by large gains in the construction, retail and Health and healthcare industries, according to the AP. Despite the jump, the Labor Department says on uh, Friday that the unemployment rate ticked up five percent from uh, to five percent from four point nine percent. But that increase includes some good news. More Americans came off the sidelines to look for work, though not all of them found jobs. The figure suggests that employers remain confident through uh, in their business prospects to add staff, even as overall growth has slowed since the winter. Steady hiring also contributed to higher pay. Which rose a modest 2.3% from a year earlier to 25.4 or $25 and 43 cents. Hmm. An hour that figure has increased since the early years of the recovery but is down to a uh, from the peak of 2.6. So, cool. More jobs. More things jobs. Things may be ticking up. We'll see what happens. Donald Trump Tuesday evening reversed on a pledge to support the Republican Party nominee. It could end up costing him Some or all of his 50 South Carolina delegates, even though Trump won all the state's delegates in the February 20th primary, the Palmetto State requires... Is that what it's called? Palmetto? Pimento? um, What is it? Do you know know Matt? South Carolina?
3: uh, Palmetto? Palmetto State. What, What is that? I think
0: it's a fruit nut. Okay, so South Carolina, people trying to get uh, creative with not calling it South Carolina. We're
3: going to look it up while you're talking. South
0: Carolina required candidates to pledge their loyalty to the eventual GOP nominee in order to appear on the primary ballot. So you had to sign a pledge to even be on the ballot if you're going to support the GOP. And because Trump has verbally threatened to withdraw his loyalty, anti-Trump activists are reportedly organizing to submit a challenge. It's a palm tree. For his delegates to become free agents. So okay. he got 50 delegates in South Carolina because he says he won't. Su- he's not going to promise to support the GOP delegate or GOP nominee. South Carolina could mm. pull the oh, delegates. Oh boy, from him. here we go
3: which could lead to a contested convention. This is the pre-convention contest. It is. Again, why we need to learn about trust.
0: The FBI has wrapped up its review of Hillary Clinton's private email server and, and emails and is nearly a, nearing a verdict on whether to seek criminal charges. First, however, agents plan to interview Clinton in the coming days or weeks, according to the report. Clinton's former chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, and former aide, Philip Raines, will also reportedly be interviewed before FBI Director James Comey makes his recommendation to Attorney General Loretta Lynch on whether Clinton knowingly or negli- negligently discussed classified information.
4: <laughs>
0: in other news, the CIA reportedly left explo- uh, explosive training material that was used in a training exercise under the hood of a Virginia school bus. That bus in Loudoun County carried elementary and high school students from home to school with explosive material in its engine compartment. Oh, brother. The CIA later huh? alleged that the material did not pose a danger
3: to passengers on the bus. Hey! Hey! It's explosive, but not that explosive. Not that explosive. Are you kidding, Jerry? Where did you put that stuff? And that's not an
0: April Fool's. That's real. They left that CIA. What were they doing with it? Was a training exercise with some explosive material in a school bus
5: for children.
0: They used the bus. They just didn't take it out when they were done. They left it under the hood. But no, Dan. You know, no harm. Can you imagine that phone call?
3: Did you guys leave something in the bus? By the way,
0: there's this gray clay substance (laughs) under the hood. What's up?
7: John Uh, Kasich
0: committed a huge faux pas in the state of new york huge. yesterday what a huge faux pas! the ohio governor went to queen's pizza shop on wednesday mm-hmm. committed to the local faux pas he used a fork when eating a slice I know, of pizza i know he said the pizza was hot so he didn't want to pick it up so he grabbed a fork oh my heavens you eat pizza with your hand you fold it in mr. half mr
3: Kasich. you eat the pizza you can't be president if donald,
0: you can't blow on your pizza donald trump did this before
3: i know it's a man card violation bill, bill
0: de blasio the, the the mayor of new york did it before all of this happening on camera
3: now let me just ask you something if you had to choose between trust and pizza eating techniques mm. which would be a better
0: criteria the people in new york city some see that as equal
3: yeah which i think I'd, is why we're I having would. problems with the elections this year <laughs> They trust you if you know how to eat a pizza. I know. Oh, man. (laughs) We'll be talking trust, folks. Who better to teach us than the guy that wrote the book on it, Stephen M. R. Covey, from the great uh, uh, son of Stephen R. Covey, um, who wrote the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, His son is here. He's an incredible man, a wonderful leader, and he's going to be talking to us about trust, folks. We need the information. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little uh, of the fray for you right there. Trust Me is the name of that song. And who better to teach us this than the guy that wrote the book, The Speed of Trust. Uh, Stephen M.R. Covey is joining us. Honored to have him. He is a friend. He was my CEO of of a company, Covey Leadership Center, when I used to work for him. He's just the coolest guy in the world. He wrote the book, The Speed of Trust. His dad, you may have heard of. He was a kind of a well-known guy and one of the best thought leaders, I think, ever. Um, he uh, his dad was Stephen R Covey, who wrote the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But uh, Stephen then kind of glommed onto—I don't know if that's a good enough word—but he jumped onto this idea of trust as kind of the ultimate. It seems like um, first of all, Stephen, welcome. Hey. Thanks. So nice to be with you, Matt. So it's good, good to, see, to you. see you again. And we were talking about your son, Britton, by the way, who's killing it at the University of Utah.
6: You know, he's a um, he came in as a true freshman football player. Yeah. 5'8. 5'8, times But like three times state champ or
3: whatever. Uh-huh. Incredible quarterback. And they put him at like a slot back or what do they call slot it? Slot
6: receiver yeah. and, and a punt returner, kick uh-huh. returner. And um, killed it. The yeah. first game, even. Yeah, just it was so exciting to watch. And. I think he became kind of a fan favorite because yeah. he's this little guy. He's a tiny guy with a huge heart, huge heart, a lot of courage, yeah. fearless. Yeah, and uh, takes punts when he shouldn't be taking I know, them. No, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, no, 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 no. And I mean, it, sometimes it doesn't go right, but it, but what's cool is he'll
3: do it as a yeah, freshman.
6: Yeah, yeah, and and, and, That's and uh, awesome. so stepped into a you know exciting environment, and and uh, and know, he
3: left for an LDS mission for two years to Chile gave up this incredible career at football right there goes for 2 years he'll come back be back on the team but you got to be so proud
6: yeah really proud as a parent is is pretty exciting to watch That's in, in fact uh, the proud dad moment is that uh, he ended up uh, making a couple of uh, fresh first team freshman, freshman all america yeah, teams Oh, I am. I'm pretty excited. There's something about the Coveys,
3: and uh, you you get it. I think at a you're just a special family. And John, I know John really, really, yeah. really well. We worked a lot. His uh, John is your uncle. Yes. Um, but tell me about Speed of Trust because it's it's actually it's been out how many years? Um, almost
6: ten years. I Came know. out in 2006. Yeah. And,
3: but you you've kind of hit the nerve of what the real principle is, right? Yeah. Of everything, we talk relationships. We talk, we talk productivity. We talk effectiveness. But the, one of the kind of universal truths is trust. If
6: you have it, there's advantages. If you don't, there's consequences. Exactly. And, and the thing is, intuitively, we all kind of know it. Yeah. Don't yeah, we, Yeah, everybody. But, but we look right past it. We too often ignore it until we lose it. Exactly. And then we become painfully aware of it. So my whole focus is on saying, look, don't wait until it's lost to become aware of trust. Right. Become aware of it now. Focus on building it, growing it, expanding it, extending it, and even in some cases, restoring it. Now, yeah. How can you, can you restore? You can. It just... How? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. And I probably get that question more than any other. Do you really? Can you restore trust? And my answer is, in most situations, yes. I'll acknowledge there might be a few where you can't. Where, you know, Bernie Madoff is going to have a hard time restoring trust. (laughs) Right. Right? Because it's too egregious over too long a period of time. But in most situations, you can. But here's the key principle. You can't talk yourself out of a problem that you behave yourself I into. I love that, yeah. So the only way to restore trust is you've got to behave your way back into it. You and that have will take to some change. Time. You've got to change. Yeah. And it's got to be manifest and seen through your behavior, not just through your words, right. but through your actions, what yeah. people see over time. And, but in most situations, you can restore it. And in fact, and sometimes you can even increase it yeah. after having lost it. Well, and if you couldn't restore it, there's still a thousand other principles you could
3: live Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Be honorable, be respectful, be appreciative,
6: be grateful, be understanding. That's right. And and, and lead out also in extending trust to others. It's kind mm-hmm. of – there's a reciprocity to trust. Interesting. Yeah. And when, when you give it, people receive it and they return it. And when you withhold it, withhold it. So yeah. I work with leaders all over yeah. the world. And I find that the biggest reason why employees don't trust their management in a lot of kind of low-trust cultures, low-trust companies, mm-hmm. is first and foremost because the management doesn't trust the employees. Exactly. Yeah. And the employees Watch them. Say, you got to watch right. them. And you know what, Matt? The employees reciprocate that distrust right back at uh-huh. the management.
3: They're trying to get us. Yeah. They're always changing the benefits. So you don't trust
6: me, I don't trust you either. But it, it can work the other direction, too. You lead out as a leader with trust. You uh-huh. extend it smartly. Now, yeah, know, yeah. I'm not saying a blind yeah, trust. Yeah, don't
3: be blind.
6: Yeah, but smart trust means clear expectations. High accountability to what we're extending trust on. But we trust people. We, we, we demonstrate it. We show it. Mm. And when people get that kind of trust, the vast, vast majority are inspired by it. Oh, and yeah. They rise to the occasion. They perform better. And they give it back. Were you learning this as you were CEO
3: at at Covey? Yeah. Yeah, Leadership. absolutely. Because that, that, that was the most I felt empowered employment I had ever had, where I knew they trusted me, not blindly, but if i blew it i knew i'd hear about it but i also knew they had my back yeah and you grew that enough to sell it off to i guess
6: franklin quest yeah and i mean so you were just kind of working I, your way up that. absolutely way. in fact that's where kind of this this blinding flash of the obvious came to me that saying look this is not a little idea this is a big idea yeah. trust if you can increase trust in any relationship on a team in a culture with a partner customer it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of intuitively know it, but we too often ne- ne- neglect it or ignore it. But I, I began to see that not only was this a nice thing, it was an economic thing, Matt. It wasn't just good stuff soft love love yeah. it was it was financial yeah it, we could put advantages. a value on it you know why because when there's high trust you can move faster and everything costs you less when there's low trust it takes you longer it costs you more that's a tax a low trust tax yeah and you can put an economic value on that and see that there's a high cost of low trust that's the speed that's that's, that's what i mean by the speed of trust and uh. when there's high trust in a relationship then suddenly you don't have to check and verify and validate. You just move fast. You know it. They're you good. You know it. And it's the speed of trust. Nothing is as fast as the speed mm-hmm. of trust. Uh-huh. And and there's real economics to it, and the opposite is true as well. I mean, look, look at what happened after 9-11. Yeah. You know, our trust or confidence in airplane travel goes down. Oh. Can't have that. No, you get frisked now. That's right. So we increase security <laughs> and credit GSA. Slows it down. It takes you longer, costs you more, but that's what you have to do when you lose trust. Interesting. That's well, and have.
3: standing in line to be searched makes you not trust right so you're looking through the line like oh yeah they're doing something wrong
6: that, that that's the danger of a low trust world cuz you start seeing through that lens <laughs> that's right we all we all, none of us want to get burned all right. and, and it can be dangerous in some situations like transportation that's why yeah, we it's do it. so important but the problem with a low trust world is Everyone starts to become more careful, more cautious, more guarded, more yeah. cynical, more suspicious. And that tends to perpetuate more of the same. And you can find yourself, you know, creating a vicious downward mm. cycle of distrust and suspicion, creating more distrust and suspicion. It's
3: so interesting. And that one of your great quotes um, is low trust cultures pay high taxes. Absolutely. They've, and that's the tax. The tax will be time, energy, money, resources. But all of that makes you less efficient.
6: That's right. And it, it
3: doubles the cost. It,
6: it yeah, it doubles the cost you know uh, when there's significant distrust, it literally can double the cost of doing business, mm. and you have to take all these steps to compensate for it, which takes you time, costs you money you also see you also see a loss in of people 's engagement yeah. they' disengaged yeah. they 'll turn over especially performers performers want to be at a place where they 're trusted totally, and when they 're not they 'll go find a place where they are yeah and and you 'll see. Um, you know the disempowerment, and you'll you'll see fraud, you'll see politics, and all kinds of stuff. Well, and your best
3: ideas will leave your company, That's right? Because you don't trust me enough to grow them, so they'll leave the company. They'll they'll steal from the
6: company. They'll the, slow. They'll sabotage. That's right. Those are all the low trust yeah. taxes. But the good news, Matt, as you know, is that the converse is equally real. Totally, and high trust cultures empower people. They engage people. They inspire people. They bring out the best in people. It enables people to collaborate. You know, you can't collaborate with people that you don't trust. No, exactly. Can, How do you? Yeah, right. You can coordinate, Right. but real collaboration requires a level of trust. And and the real challenge for organizations today is innovation. Yeah. And you need trust ultimately to innovate. You mm. got to do a lot of other things too, but if people are afraid to make a mistake, afraid to take a risk, quick to point the finger of blame, you know, or skirt things, hide things, you won't innovate. You won't sustain it. Wow. What does
3: this, and I know you would want to be careful, but what does this mean about like presidency? Because trust is a big thing as we're looking at our presidents. You don't need to name names, but why? Why should the people care more about the trustworthiness of their candidate? Or
6: should they? Well, absolutely. We need to have trust to have a democracy work. Think about it. And that's one of the challenges we have as a society today is that um, you look at the data. Most Americans have lost trust in government. Yeah. And and, um, and, and as a result, there's there's all this angst and anxiety about Mm -hmm. it. And we're trying to figure out how to close those gaps. And I find whenever it comes to the political discussion – um, people are so kind of jaundiced by their views, of bias, yeah. it's, it's hard to ever talk names yeah. without offending half right. your audience. Oh, right. And, and, but the principles are, you know, democracy, it requires a level of trust to really work the way it's intended to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, um and you can't have trust without trustworthiness. And, and that's, you know, and I, I call it credibility, which is implies both the, the character yeah. side and also the
3: competence they side. They got to have a clue. Yeah. But you got to be honest.
6: You got to have both. And if, if if you're honest but don't have a clue, it's not going to work. If mm-hmm. you if you're really competent but you're not honest or you don't care about people, but we got to get another opinion. Work That's right. Yeah. And so that combination of character and competence creates a credibility. That's a foundation on which you can build the trust. And then you add to it the behavior. You know, how, how people behave. Yeah. Do they talk straight? Tell the truth. They call things what they are. But also, do they clarify expectations? Do they keep their commitments? Do they listen first? There's a variety of behaviors that help people build trust, and it's true in politics and well as well. But I find in politics the biggest challenge is is the counterfeit behavior. Oh yeah. It's the spin instead of the straight talk, uh-huh. it's the hidden agenda instead of the transparency, right. it's the overpromising and under delivering instead of keeping commitments. And as a result, trust goes down. That's right. And there's data that came from GFK research out of Germany measured the least the, the Most most and least trusted professions, 30 <laughs> countries. In 28 of the 30, the lowest was polit- politicians. Is it really? And it was second in the other two. Oh, my and, heavens. And uh, all around the world because it's just filled with this counterfeit behavior yeah. everywhere. So it's interesting. Yeah. I guess there's this universal
3: need to supposedly, I guess, play a role and fake it
6: or overpromise, underdeliver. Yeah. And- it's like – apparently everywhere it is everywhere. And it's kind of part of the culture in some environments and political environment. It's part of the culture. it's part of the culture. That's great.
3: Um, We're going to take a break more with Stephen M. R. Covey, author of the book, The Speed of Trust, but really uh, just a gem of a human and um, lives. He'll hate to have me say this, but does everything he can to live what he talks about. Uh, We'll have more um, from this wonderful uh, guy, Stephen M. R. Covey. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. you got to trust yourself, and uh, we're learning how to do it today with Stephen M. R. Covey. Uh, Stephen M. R. Covey is the author of the book Speed of Trust and uh, married to Jerry Covey. How long have you been married to Jerry, Stephen?
6: Uh, 31 years this month. Ah. I hear great yeah, stuff about Jerry. She's fantastic. She's clearly my Best better half. Best decision you ever made in your life. <laughs> Absolutely, and it keeps paying dividends. <laughs> That's huge. How many kids again? Uh, we have five children. Five and beautiful from kids. From 29 down to 13. And how many grandkids? Three grandkids. Isn't that the best? Yeah, if I would have known how fun they were, I would have had them first. No,
3: totally. <laughs> I wouldn't have even gone through my kids.
6: I would have had my own grandkids.
3: Absolutely. This is um, this book that you've written 10 years old now, million and a half copies sold, but it's in 22 languages, and you have trainers now all over the world teaching trust. And again, it's not, it seems
6: so basic, but it is basic because it's a principle. But it is, it is the thing. Yeah, it's so foundational that we look right past it. But here's what we've done in our training work, kind of three main points. The first, we show that trust is financial, mm-hmm. not just some warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It's economic. You can put a value on it. Second, we show how it's really the number one competency of leadership needed today. Why? Because of how it affects every other competency and makes it better. It's a multiplier when you have it. It's a diminisher right. when you don't. Yeah. And then third... We show how trust is a learnable competency. It's something you can learn and do and create and grow, not as a manipulative technique. No, yeah. But rather as part of who you are. You be, But you can become conscious and deliberate and explicit about building trust on purpose. Yeah. And getting good it's at it. It's learnable. It's not that. just inherited.
3: That's right. And that's what we sometimes think, that he's just got good genes yep. or he's a lot like his dad. But it's – it can be learned. It's like emotional – it is emotional intelligence. It's it, trust intelligence.
6: Trust intelligence. TQ. That's a
3: great idea. And, and, you need
6: to coin that. Well, we have. Have we, you? We actually have a, it, a 360 profile called TQ. Yeah. Trust quotient. That's and it. It's trust intelligence and, and it's learning how to build trust, becoming aware of this and that you can build it on purpose mm. through your credibility, through your behavior. How do you do it? I mean
3: I know you have behaviors, like 13 behaviors. What What are some of the things that we should – Like the low-hanging fruit almost that we could immediately start doing to impact
6: trust. Well, here's the first thing. The first thing is to look in the mirror and start with yourself because everyone – when it comes to trust, they look at everyone around them and say, yeah, they need trust. They right. need trust. Yeah. And oh, boy, that, she needs to that's hear right. this. She needs to hear this. He needs to hear this. That might be true. Yeah. But the best way we're going to help them hear it, let's model it. Let's lead out with it. It's kind of like the airplane analogy when yeah. it says when the oxygen masks fall down, put your own mask on first. Get it on. Before yeah. helping that's right. And that's how trust works. It's inside out. So you start with yourself. And self-trust precedes relationship trust. Hmm. In other words, do I trust myself? And do I give to my team, to my family, to my partner, a person that they can trust? And if you start there, it yeah. becomes more natural, abundant to build trust with others. But, but think about it, Matt. You'll have a hard time sustaining trust with anyone else if you don't trust yourself. Oh no, totally. So self trust is where you start. And if someone's saying, "Well, gosh, I'm struggling," and I you know where do That's I? That's the problem. I can't trust, trust myself. I
3: can't do what I'm supposed to do.
6: Yeah. So here's a, here's a simple thing that each of us can start with. The fastest way to build trust with another person with another person, is to make them a commitment and to keep it. Make another commitment and keep it. Repeat that process. Make, keep, repeat. Mm-hmm. You can build trust fast that way. Well, guess what, Matt? That's also the fastest way to build trust with yourself. Make yourself a commitment and keep it. Make another commitment, keep it. Repeat that process. Start with small things. It doesn't matter if it's bigger or anything. That's right. In fact, it's best to start with small things so mm-hmm. that you don't break it. Yeah. That you can – you're setting yourself up to win. Get up tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm going to set Seven. my alarm at 6 and go exercise. Mm-hmm. And then I do it. And then I do it again and again. From that, you start to set – you get a sense of trust of self. That's a little thing. Yeah. But it starts to – expand and you get a greater sense of clarity, integrity, and power. So learning to make and keep commitments to yourself is a great way to kind of get control of – a self-control that, that lends itself to a self-trust. Mm-hmm. And, and you're really trying to focus on both your your character as well as your competence, kind of both yeah. halves of the equation. And that's what I mean by start with self with your own credibility And the more credible you are as a person, become as a person, the quicker, the faster you can build the trust. Mm. So credibility comes first or trustworthiness, you know, the character, the competence. But then you want to move into behavior. And behavior is what we do, how we do it. So in Speed of Trust, I talk about 13 behaviors that are common to high-trust people. Things like talk straight, demonstrate respect, create transparency, listen first. Keep commitments, extend trust—just common sense mm, things. Yeah. But too often, we do the opposite, oh. where you know maybe we're we're instead of talking straight, we're lying. But more commonly, we probably do the counterfeit. Instead of talking straight, we're spinning mm-hmm. and twisting. Yeah. Instead of being transparent, we have hidden agendas, and we overpromise under deliver. Instead of keeping commitments, right. and that's what gets in the way yeah. of trust. And instead of listening, you're you're preparing. You're to preparing your response. Your response, right? right. Yeah, instead yeah. of really understanding, real mm-hmm. empathy and understanding, and and so you could
3: it, actually just go through that list one at a time and just work on one a month.
6: Well, and that's kind of what we do is is we say, look, there's all these behaviors. The, the, the behaviors are kind of like the Pareto 80-20 rule, mm-hmm. disproportionate in building trust or diminishing trust. And we look at the behavior, straightforward. You know, talk straight, you tell the truth, you build trust. The opposite, straightforward, you lie, you stretch What makes this hard is that counterfeit, the spin, the twist, the manipulating, the posturing. But you can kind of say, how can I get better at talking straight in a culture of spin? How can I do these things? And 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 you can focus one behavior at a time and get really good at this and start to move the needle. Another key thing I find that can really help people is is to declare your intent. By that I mean let people know what you're doing but also why you're doing it. Mm. always give the why behind the what. So it might look like this. You say, hey, team or family or friend, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's why I'm trying to do it. Here's my agenda. I don't have a hidden agenda. I have an open agenda. I'm transparent. There's nothing to hide. If you do that, Matt, it affects how people interpret your subsequent behavior. Yeah. And when you don't declare your intent, you know what? People... Ascribe intent yeah. to you anyway. And, and malicious intent. Often maliciously. Yeah. Or it could at, just
3: be ignorant, but yeah. they're, they're, they might protect
6: themselves with maliciousness. At, at best, they're guessing. Uh-huh, exactly. At worst, it's malicious uh-huh. or, or they're projecting worst case or right, fears. Right, right. Don't have people guess. Tell them. Here's my agenda. Here's my motive. I'm open. I'm transparent. It affects how people interpret your subsequent behavior. Mm. You'll start to get the benefit of the doubt. You can start to build trust better and faster with people. So declare your intent as a leader, as a parent, as a, as a person in a relationship. And then when you're on the other side of the equation, always assume positive intent there as a starting yeah, point. Yeah,
3: yeah. Be, and, yeah, that's a character act. Assume yeah. the best. Here. And,
6: until proven otherwise. Right. It's just a better starting point. It seems, too, that if you
3: declare your intent, you actually know your intent. So many times we, are, we don't even know what our real goal is.
6: It's, it's a great
3: test. It's beginning with the end in mind. It
6: begins with the end in mind. What is my intent? Declare it. And if you'd be embarrassed to declare it because it's so self-serving, then not. Let's then get bring, more, it. <laughs> bring more mutual benefit into it. Yeah. Bring more caring into it so that yeah. you wouldn't be embarrassed. That's right. That's, so I, I say declaring your intent is the best t- in test of what your intent really is. That's true. If That's you'd be true. embarrassed to declare it, find more mutual benefit, more yeah. caring, bring that into it. If you wouldn't be embarrassed, declare it. You watch what happens. Well, then you
3: also have to live up to it. So if my intent is seemingly pure, then I can't go ugly in the conversation following. That's right. Everyone would say, I thought this
6: was our intent. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it kind of elevates everything that we're trying to do. It makes you be transparent now. And transparency is one of the key behaviors that builds trust. This is a practical way of putting it into action. Declare your intent. I love that. You can do that every day. Mm -hmm. And you're not doing it as a technique to manipulate people, but no, as part of how you build trust as a human being. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, I can't put enough emphasis on assuming positive intent. As a parent, yeah. as a friend, as a partner. I'll tell you just a yeah, quick story on this. My so my dad and my mom, my dad accidentally <laughs> left my mom on the side of the I road. I remember tell this story. Up in Idaho, right? Up, up in Idaho, I was driving back from <laughs> vacation, my mom was driving this and my is dad great. was sleeping. My mom pulls over because she's tired, so my dad gets in to drive. He, he, uh, <laughs> my mom gets out and she says, Hey, can you put the chassis down so I can get in the back seat better? She closes the door. My dad, when he hears the door slam, thinks that she's in the car because he's half asleep. Yeah, you know, he he had just woke up. He starts to take off. My mom's chasing down the road saying, Hey Stephen, 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 come back. He just takes off on the road and, and leaves her and then someone on the other side of the road sees this happening, calls the highway patrol to report that he just he saw just threw a man yeah. abandoned a woman on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, and he just no. witnessed it. You know, and so the highway patrol comes and you know, what happened, man? Well, my, my husband left me. But then she added, But he thinks I'm in the car. <laughs> that is great. And, and, and the highway patrol says, says why would you think you're in the car you're right here no no trust me you he don't know I'm my husband <laughs> car. he thinks i've fallen asleep and he's trying to make really good time while i'm sleeping <laughs> that's great no but she you know then they came back and they kind of realized what had happened but my mother's starting point was not you know you what fool, a dummy you jerk. yeah it was he thinks i'm in the car
7: Beautiful. she loves
6: my dad my dad loves her you know when when yeah. he's living in and, and uh and she assumed positive intent and it just changes things versus you know yeah. So starting with that negative intent yeah. and think of that with your kids as a parent think of that in a relationship it's a better starting point until mm-hmm. and otherwise well and
3: imagine your dad when he gets he got pulled over didn't he isn't well, that he how they found back. it oh he did they he called realized him. They called oh that was him, it yeah. the highway
6: patrol and called <laughs> him and said hey Mr. Covey hello where are you <laughs> and, and, and he actually said this he goes gosh I, I don't know officer I've been I've been asleep until about ten minutes ago. Here, let me ask my my wife. Where are <laughs> and we? Then honey? He turns around, Sandra. Sandra, where are oh, we? Oh, that's great. And then, and, and then he all of a sudden says, "Hey, officer, my wife is missing." He <laughs> <'Cause> "No, <laughs> yeah, he's I've not, got her she's right, right, here. right here." Did um, see what's
3: so powerful though is he must have felt so ashamed and like embarrassed, maybe. But when he hears the story from her view, he realizes they lost nothing in this weird moment. Because of the trust. Trust was so high, it just efficiently was just a good story.
6: That's right. It became a funny story. They trust each other. There was positive intent. There never even was a moment of Isn't that beautiful? But if there's low trust in a relationship, talk about that. What do
3: you do if your husband has been a jerk for years and there is low trust? Yeah. How do we rebuild that and to what degree do I trust and then realize – i got I guess some of it's just working on me i gotta get my stuff myself strong enough
6: That that that's why I always highlight that it's smart trust, Because yeah. you know in a relationship especially someone could be too trusting right. where they're being taken advantage of and you know stepped on time and again, in which case that's not smart at some point mm-hmm. and and um but again- so first step, start with yourself, even when the other person's the primary mm-hmm. offender
3: because you need to grow you that's need right. to you need to have the trust for whatever comes ahead
6: that's right and you'll gain you'll gain more clout more influence more credibility if you start with yourself yeah. your character your competence you'll have more influence and ability to affect another person but then secondly you might make a a behavior specific request of somebody where you might say hey with me you know, just be open and transparent. It's better than having a hidden agenda. Or if be, you know, don't make me a commitment you're not going to keep. It just works better that way. Yeah. And what I try to do is I try to separate the person from their behavior. And rather than attacking the person, instead I address the behavior and say, hey, you know what? Talk You know, be straight with me. Yeah. Be open with me. Tell me the truth. You know, come straight to me if you have a problem instead of going behind my back. I make a behavior-specific request and I give people the space to behave their way out of it. Mm-hmm. Look, some may not some can't they can't they're just not trustworthy they don't want to they don't want to go there and in a case like that you're not going to restore the trust and it just might be that there's a low trust relationship or maybe the relationship breaks up right but in other situations you're allowing people also the chance to grow to improve Hmm. and and to say hey i am not my behavior i can choose to behave in a way that builds trust i wasn't aware i was behaving in ways that was diminishing it sometimes they may or may not be aware but the point is you're trying to say trust is learnable yeah. through our credibility, through our behavior.
3: And it's, and it's necessary regardless. Absolutely. Whether we save a marriage or not, whether we can close the deal or not, we, if you lose your trust, you lose what?
6: If you lose your trust, it affects everything else you're trying to do. It is yeah. a diminisher. It is a tax on everything you're doing as a person, as a leader, as a parent. Yeah. And... and um, it takes you longer it costs you more but also it has a debilitating effect yeah. on every aspect of your life but i'm a matt i'm not pollyannish on this Mm-mm. naive thinking you get it just every, have trust everywhere but i am a believer that we can behave our way into greater trust and i i saw it happen with my son yeah when, when he turned 16 he's going to drive and is this said, britain yeah no, this, is actually, <laughs> oh, okay. this is my Stephen. okay my oldest And yeah. he was excited to drive this is a few years ago and I said, my wife and I sat down with him and said, hey, driving's a privilege, not a ride. So we went through the rules, you know, be safe, go to the speed limit, wear yeah. your seatbelts. Well, after 30, day, 30 days of driving, you know, it was a midnight on a Friday night. I hear the phone ring. My wife answers the phone. I hear her say, well, I'll let you talk, I'll let you talk to his father, officer. Oh, no. And sure enough, it's the, the police. He's been pulled over for speeding, as in going 83 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour in a oh, zone. Oh, Stephen. And and uh, you know he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a great kid. But he just had teenage judgment, you mm-hmm. know. And just he said, "Hey, Dad, I was trying to get home for a curfew, so I had to hurry really fast." <laughs> well, we played this thing out. We went to court. The judge fined him five hundred fifty-five dollars. We made him pay it, took away all of his savings. Yeah. But then the judge did not suspend his license. Did not. So guess who did? You did. That's right. Dad, Dad did. and mom did. That's great. why, because we wanted him to trust us. Yeah. And we felt like if we didn't hold him accountable to what we mutually agreed to, yeah. he wouldn't trust us, That's and true. neither would his siblings. You know what? That was hard on him. He was embarrassed with his friends. It was hard on everyone. But after several months, he came back to me and said, Dad, I'm ready to drive again. I asked, are you clear about the rules? (laughs) He replied, I've never been more clear about anything in my life. (laughs) Well, Matt has had a great end. That is, he became a model driver ever since. And how do we know? Well, we saw it, but we also heard from his friends, from his friends' parents. When they're going somewhere, their parents would ask, "Hey, where are you going?" And they'd hear, "Don't worry, Dad. Don't worry, Mom. We're going with Covey." (laughs) It's all good. We are driving way below the speed limit. So we're we're wearing seatbelts. This is no fun at all. But he earned that reputation. What he did was he behaved himself out of the problem that he had. Behaved himself, and he became. He changed. He changed. And the That's trust power. not only went back to where it was, it went yep. higher than it ever was.
3: And you facilitated it, that we can facilitate it by living it, by being it.
6: By living it, by being it, and by giving people a chance to yeah. behave their way back into it.
3: Stephen M. R. Covey. Folks, the book is The Speed of Trust. If you go to speedoftrust.com, you can find out more about it. Just You can find the book everywhere. Stephen, thank you. Great to be with Brilliant. you. Brilliant. Love you. You're awesome. Thanks. We'll take a break, folks. Come back and uh, wrap up the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. Remember... There's good in the world. You have to go looking for it, or you can also become a part in creating it, as Stephen's been talking about. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. I'm telling you, uh, when you hear a good principle, a true principle, doesn't it, re- doesn't it resonate? And it's not, again, it might feel like, and Stephen brought this up, he's not trying to be Pollyanna-ish. He's not trying to just be, you know, everything's rosy because life's not rosy. Except when you understand a principle, you can live it, right? When you understand gravity, you can then align your life to gravity. Gravity's going to operate whether you like it or not. So is trust. If you don't have trust, it's going to cost you. It's going to be harder and more exhausting. And what I found personally, anytime I'm doing something that's against my character, I pay for it in a major way because emotionally I lose my own sense of trust in self, right? I don't even believe I can deliver on what I want to deliver on. So don't uh, don't let it get away from you. Ask yourself, what is the most important thing you need to do? To grow your trust, we just listened to an expert in a field on trust, and now I need you to make sure you do something as you walk away. What's one thing you can do today to improve your sense of trust in self and your trust uh, and the ability to have others trust you because you're trustworthy? Make some decisions, make some ideas, commit to do something today, and let's get it done today. And then notice what it feels like ah, peace. The peace that comes by living true principles. Powerful. We'll take a break, folks. That's hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show. Remember, we can't do it without you. So stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. And happy April Fool's Day! For many of you, it's the bottom of the morning. It's noon almost, eleven Eastern Time. It's April Fool's Day. If uh, somebody at work today brings you a you know a brownie, don't touch it. It's on your desk, by the way. Is there a brownie on my desk?
5: Yes. Security brought it. Don't
0: up. Don't go near the brownies. Just saw a clip from the Today Show. What they had a cooking segment, mm. and their uh, their chef cooked brownies with salt. That's something you can do to. Yeah. It looks really good, but ugh, uh, get a mouthful of chocolate salt.
3: Why would you do that to a good brownie? And then they
0: made crab cakes out of like cereal and cinnamon, ugh. which just was kind of gross. Was there any crab in it? No. They said the host sat there going, one of the hosts called, this is pretty good. And the other one was went along with it. But she said, she was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and then she took a bite of the brownie. And then she goes, okay, we have to talk about This is horrible. What you is are the this? worst
3: chef we have ever had on the show. <laughs> and the today guy show. just kept his
0: head down. I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> That's so funny. Um, ben gave me some ice cream today. Mm-hmm. And it had
5: a hair in it. Whoa, that, that is slander. I do not provide ice cream with hair in I it. I thought it was an April or, Fool's joke. Or is that joke. like
0: his trademark? No, it's his trademark. Every scoop mm-hmm. with one strand of hair. With a bit of love.
5: <laughs> this is slander and I will prosecute. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you sue. <laughs> we don't. Oh, yeah. Prosecuting sue. is something else. Yeah, you've got okay, the I'm government
3: sorry. to do that. Yeah. Neener, neener. Again, overstepping your bounds and your in- ice cream is fantastic.
5: Just, just trying to do what I can.
3: Okay. I, did you hear what I got, Ben, for his uh, birthday? What's that? A strainer I, for. To strain his ice cream. Okay. okay. Before so it you can congeals keep up. Well, actually, he could keep out foreign objects. Also, Mm -hmm. that was the idea. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. Remember that one time I found a bar of soap Hmm. in that Rocky Road ice cream? Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, it was more like a, it was like a soapy road. (laughs) No offense. Was it like Irish Spring? So it Uh had sort of a. a, That's why he called it it? Irish Spring Mint, chocolate chip.
5: But this smells minty. Ben's, I'm glad you picked up on that.
0: Then's gone all quiet. Minty in a soapy kind of way. Mm. And then it just starts like shooting out shower sprays because yeah. it's it's Irish Spring. That's what it does. <laughs> that was,
5: that's, that's old spice. That's old spice. Oh, sorry. But, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's all right. I mean, it's good. It's good. You're but, learning. But it is. You know how you every morning I like to like just get a scoop of his ice cream and just smell it, mm. and it just wakes me up. That's right. <laughs> ah. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. His ice cream bowls always have like a – or his ice cream containers always have like a little soap scum around them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why.
0: Again, kind of like flavor.
3: Yeah. Ben, do you have anything to say? Anything you want to say about any of this? You seem really quiet to me.
5: I'm just not sure I'll ever bring ice cream anymore.
3: Okay. we were That's April Fool's. We were just April Fool's then yeah. It's too late, Matt. No April Fools. It's too late. It wasn't a hair. Oh, my word. It wasn't a hair in the ice cream.
5: I would like a written apology it posted was, on Twitter.
3: <laughs> it was a feather, which I found weird. <laughs> ah, it's April Fools. It's just April Fools, Ben. It wasn't a bar of soap. <sighs> he's mad. I know. He's He'll, really, get, over really He'll get over it. He'll get over it. But what if his fan calls and she's ticked? His one fan? Yeah. Eh. He has his mom fan too.
0: Oh, you're right. His non-relation like, sort of fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one non-relation. Right.
5: right. Yeah, just have that in the back of your head. That could happen at any time.
3: <laughs> 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 we're just kidding. It's April Fool's. We only tease with him like this on April Fool's. That's not true. No, the other
0: days we're not teasing. Do you know any of the history of April
3: Fool's? No. Oh. Is there a history to this I, I
0: put a couple on that setup
3: sheet I gave you. April Fool's Day. There it is. Sometimes called A all Fool's Day. Which I've never heard of before. Mm-mm. But okay. It's celebrated every year on April first, obviously, by playing practical jokes and spreading hoaxes. The oh. jokes and their victims. The jokes and their victims are called April Fools. People playing April Fool jokes expose their prank by shouting, April Fool. You do? Some newspaper magazines and other published media report fake stories. This all began uh, back in the 19th century. The day is not a public holiday in any country. Hmm. Jeffrey Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales contains the first recorded association between the 1st of April and foolishness. You didn't say that right. It's The Canterbury Tales. Canterbury
0: Tales. My wife has a leather-bound edition. Does she really? She does. That was the first gift— after we got married that i purchased for her wow you really love her leather bound book she was like wow and i go yeah Mm -hmm. she was what can i get you and i go i'll give you some comic books (laughs) little about a video game little difference on the
3: i like to play video games (laughs) she married so beneath her (laughs) she did it's great that's great.
0: But you should. You should marry up. Oh, for sure. But in the same time, she married down, so I'm not yeah. sure what that means. Well, I think Somebody men should marry up. Men, men should marry up. And my thought, when, you, when you're when you at the top like she is, there's nowhere <laughs> to go but down.
3: That's right. That's right. Well, and Ben should just marry. Let's just get you married, Ben. Doesn't matter who it is. If you uh, were married, what it is. your ice cream, it would take off. I promise you. Yeah. You'd have someone help you strain out the foreign elements. Sanitary would be a lot more sanitary, a lot cleaner. Okay. You could charge more. Really? Yeah. Okay. We did that in the first hour. We talked about the pink tax. Mm. If you would make more of your ice cream pink. Okay. I like that. You could charge more because we can apparently charge more women, charge women more for their like deodorant than men's deodorant. pH well, balanced. Yeah. Because it's pH balanced for a woman. Yeah. Your Your ice cream should be pH balanced. Is it? It probably um, is because it has shampoo in it, right? Yes.
5: Uh-huh. The the problem I see is it's usually dark gray by the time I'm done with it. Oh, is it? Um, do you think I could get the dye in and that make it pink? That sounds appetizing.
3: Dark gray ice oh, cream. That is horrible. Mm. What kind is the dark
0: gray kind? Strawberry.
3: Granite? Yeah.
0: It's granite flavored
3: ice cream. Ooh, granite berry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put a lot of pink in it.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
5: And then
3: just call it something. Call it Fluffy Love Love. Well, I thought the strawberries would make it pink. You're not very good at naming things. I'm not.
5: I thought the strawberries would make it pink, but it just turned gray. Hmm.
3: Well, hold it. Were the strawberries red when you started? Brown. Okay. Always choose fresh strawberries. And it's pretty well known you need artificial coloring to actually Mm -hmm.
0: achieve color with food. A lot of
3: people use fresh products in their product. Okay. That's just an idea.
0: That's why when people get into juicing – Mm-hmm. and they just take all their fruit. and Like steroids, you mean? Every, no, the juicing. When you get oh. your juicer and you, you, know, you mix steroids. up the food. and you The have
3: non-steroidal your, juicing. You have these yeah. these drinks
0: yeah. that are really healthy. It's all this green, nasty, mm. slime-looking color, and everyone's oh. like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, really? It looks like you just went to a swamp and you're just drinking slime. Mm. But if you look at it, it's all full of all kinds of different fruits. But and if it you tastes mix them like apple.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Yeah, let's work on the color problem. You know what, Ben? I could help you run this business. I got yeah. tasers. R us to the where it is today. Never. Taze it, and Taze I will it. never be the same. By the way, for one story reasons. that um, well, we'll do it later. I'll save it for the end of the show. We've got a really fun a show because it's Friday and it's April Fool's. So we've got our April Fools' joke out of the way, where we made fun of Ben's ice cream. Oh, okay. He's really got an incredible. Was that a joke? Is it a joke if it's not hey, funny? Psst. Oh, play, what? Play, play along. Oh, I'm sorry. I go can ahead. hear all of that. Go oh, ahead, can you go hear ahead. that? Yeah. Did that go over the air? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, he's got a great deal. He's trying to raise money mm-hmm. soon. He's going to launch a fund me campaign. Go fund me. Kickstarter, just Kickstarter. Make sure. Oh, let's make sure we're on the right. right yeah, now. we're going to Kickstarter with it. We are, uh, and. Um, you know, just as a partner in this deal,
0: I—it's like this show is like an incubator. Yes, right. You're fostering mm-hmm. small business. business, small
5: business incubator. Actually, um, to buy a share, it's two thousand dollars. So if if you well, want to, well, if we're, you want pay pricing. that, if you want to pay that by check, um, I'll I'll take it after after the show. Oh, I'll give you a
3: check. Um. <laughs> I'll give you a check. It won't go anywhere. For for you, I'll I'll take cards. No, but we're just doing in kind donations, in kind. Hmm. I like tips in any kind. It's like a basket at yeah. their brother register,
0: if you feel like it.
3: I'll just give mm-hmm. you. I won't charge you for airtime for any of my advice. I won't charge you for any of that. See? Or you if you want, I'll charge you, but it's only like thirty grand. All features of check. the Matt Towns and Small Business Incubator. So I'll pay you to give you advice. You advice. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the show. We got we have great things coming uh, great up. Great stuff. We've got the producers. We always like to bring on the producers every once in a while. And uh, today we're going to bring on Caitlin and Leanna. Caitlin and Leanna. See, I nailed it. And they are, uh, they've they're got a surprise for me. And they'll be in studio? Yes. This is going to get
7: crazy.
3: I can already tell because I'm going to catch them. We'll have a movie review coming up next. And a movie review coming up next. Uh, and, folks, it's Friday. So get ready for the fun. But first, let's get to the headlines. Terry, what's going on around the rest of the world we need to pay attention to?
0: Thanks, Matt. We talked last hour about the March jobs report out this morning showing 215,000 jobs were added to the the economy while the unemployment rate rose slightly from 4.9 to 5%. Other news from the report, 10 million full-time jobs have been added to the economy since the recession ended in 2009. Private sector jobs have been growing for 73 consecutive months, now topping a record. That was set between 96 and 2000, and the number of unemployed Americans leaving the workforce is nearly returned to pre-recession levels, all indicators that the economy is positive, hmm. that it's moving forward. Something, yeah. And then others will take those numbers and show you that or it's not. So It's not. Liar. Look at the numbers you want, I guess. <laughs> the danger signs are mounting for Donald J. Trump in Washington. Right-wing radio host are filleting him, Governor Scott Walker. And others, other elected Republicans have endorsed Senator Ted Cruz. And a new poll shows Mr. Cruz with a 10 percentage point lead in the state before Tuesday's primary. If Mr. Trump has dealt a setback in the Wisconsin primary, including a potential sweep by Mr. Cruz of all 42 delegates, it would be his most prominent reversal since the second place finish in Iowa in February. Mm. And it would show Mr. Trump's vulnerability before the races moved to New York and other northeastern states. Yeah. Who do you think wrote that? Um, I would say his opponent. New York Times. So, yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's, yeah.
3: So I thought that was kind of interesting. By the way, today we also learned Palmetto. Palmetto. Which is a what? A palm tree? A palm tree, basically, in South Carolina. It's a little palm. It's a baby palm.
0: Five prominent players from the uh, United States Women's National Soccer Team filed a federal complaint against U.S. Soccer Thursday, alleging wage discrimination. Co-captains uh, Carly Lloyd, Becky Sanderbrunn, forward Alex Morgan, midfielder Megan Rapinoe, all and also Hope Solo—all people you know of, yeah, because you watch women's soccer. Love it. Um, who do you think makes more? Which has more attention when when they play women's soccer? Or men's soccer? Women's Women's soccer. Women's soccer by far.
3: And you pay more for it. We learned that in the first hour of the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Well, we don't know that for sure, but you're just supposing that's the case.
5: That's the 5% margin. What
0: they're saying, though, that they, they filed this lawsuit against uh, U.S. soccer. They're saying the, the uh, Women's World Cup and Olympic champion women's uh, team is key to the success of the sport's U.S. governing body, yet its players are paid as little as 40% of what their male counterparts get. The women, unlike the men, are salaried employees. The best women players make 72000 per year. And the five women say they earn less than their male counterparts because of the bonus structure. The New York Times reports men can earn as much as 17000 for a win, 5000 for a loss, whereas the women receive $1,300 for a win and no bonus for a loss. Whoa. So $17,000 for yeah. a win and they earn 1300 See, that's the point. When they're the ones that I think pull the better ratings. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> Horrible. Also we talked about the new Tesla 3 that's out. Yes. They unveiled it yesterday. They had 15 115,000 pre-orders. Wow. Before they even showed the car. No one had even seen the vehicle and they had all these pre-orders. Uh, 115,000. They had amassed 130 million from pre-order deposits before the vehicle was even made public, right? Yeah. They uh, this kind of it's kind of crazy Elon Musk uh, Elon Musk said when he made the announcement a number uh, and he mentioned the number at the launch event late Thursday. The Model 3 could finally bring electric vehicles to the masses at a cost of $35,000 each. Mm. The eccentric uh, chief executive called it the final step in the master plan, which is a mass market affordable car. The Model 3, which will become available in late 2017, is reported to travel at least 215 miles on a single charge and accelerate from zero to 60 miles per hour in six seconds. It does have insanity button. It has the insanity button. And you'll need a neck brace.
3: Let's just say that. (laughs) You'll
0: need that unless you're ready for it. (laughs) And finally, China has effectively banned April Fool's Day. The favorite day of pranksters is not consistent with our cultural tradition or socialist core values, the state news agency posted on social media. Hope no one believes in rumors, makes rumors, or spreads rumors. The Shanghaiist, which is a... Uh, A blog, I believe, in that area. It says, notes, the agency seems genuine since it isn't exactly known for its sense of humor. The (laughs) Chinese national newspaper uh, has spread rumors online. China can lead – if you spread rumors online in China, it can lead to a three-year prison term. Before the agency closed comments on the post, thousands poured in. One of them, the media is pushing false news to fool people every single day. What does the – what's the difference if it's one more?
3: Who cares, right? What's one more? What's one more? False story.
0: So, you can't, no April Fools in China.
3: Yeah. Good. I have a ban on April Fools today. As of right now, no more April Fools on our show. Are you worried? Yes. Do you think something's coming that. Yes. I know two things are coming in here: impending doom? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I feel fear. I am so afraid. We will take a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to do a little movie review with Rod Gustafson. Find out about some of the movies that are coming out uh, this weekend. Eye in the Sky is one that we'll be talking about. And um, if we have time, God's Not Dead 2. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Stick with us, folks. We're going to get in deep, find out uh, what's going on in the movies. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Because it's Fridays, we li- or on our Fridays, we like to go to the movies, right? And so who better to walk us through some of the latest uh, uh, movies to come out this weekend? Rod Gustafson joins us from parentpreviews.com. You can find him, by the way, at Rod Gusto on Twitter, um, and just go, or just go to the website parentpreviews.com. Rod, what uh, shows have you got for us this weekend?
7: Actually, look for it. said Parent Previews on Twitter. You know, I, I'm so happy you found me on Twitter, Matt, because I always forget I've got that Rod Gusto one. I don't do, do enough tweets. At yeah, Parent yeah. Previews. we got to put that on. At Parent Previews. Okay. That one's a little more accurate. Is it? <laughs>
3: now, yeah. now, Rod, because the there's two movies out. Um, the one I really for sure want to make sure we talk about first is Eye in the Sky. I hear that's getting some pretty good reviews.
7: Yeah, and this movie very slow to release. I mean, it's, it's slowly moving. Uh, uh, it's what's called a narrow release that is moving wider. So you may not be able to find this movie at the big multiplex down the street from you. You may actually have to drive somewhere to go see it. I finally got to see it the other day, and I actually paid to go see it because they didn't have a screening of it originally where we were. And this film is really an, an amazing movie. I was really impressed with it. Now, the first thing right out of the box, it's rated R. Mm. And this is probably, I can count on my hands how many times I've given an R movie in A grade um on my fingers it, you know it, there just really aren't that many of them and this one is rated R for there are five sexual expletives in this movie which is really what's giving it an R rating there are very few other profanities all in all there are less than 10 profanities in the entire film there's no sex no drug use smoking but there is some violence that we see within a war context as well. And even the violence is quite brief. We do see some uh, some corpses that are that are lying on the ground after a bomb is hit. And it's a little bit gruesome, but it's fairly short. I want to get all that out of the way from the top so that when I start raving about this movie, parents mm-hmm. be aware. This is an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Eye in the Sky, what makes it so good? This is a wonderful ethical film. And there are very few movies where... We don't just have good guys and bad guys but where we have shades of grey and where we, the movie even starts reflecting back on us as to are we the good guys or are we the bad guys? Now, in no way is this movie justifying terrorism because that's really what it is about. It's about uh, a, this British colonel and she, played by Helen Mirren, a wonderful British actress I, and by the way, this is a British film also, mm. I, should, I should let you know, and she has discovered that in this little shanty town village in Kenya, she has found three known terrorists. are on the CIA's and the British Intelligence Agency's most wanted list. They have a U.S. drone that is hovering above that has one of these cameras that can zoom in probably, I don't know, maybe even a little bit closer than what they really can, but she can see everything from above And she is working with U.S. military personnel in Las Vegas. That's where the people are who are flying the drone. And she's working with other people in Hawaii who are helping her identify and and get positive IDs of these people that she's looking at so that she knows indeed they are terrorists. Meanwhile... In Kenya, right near this house is another operative who is friendly to the British and the United States, and he has this little remote control, and this, I think, is still science fiction, although who knows. He has this little remote control flying beetle that he can fly into the house and then send pictures back to these other people around the world that is so that they can see exactly what's going on. Mm. Anyhow, what happens is, once they identify these terrorists, the drone flying above has missiles on it, and they can strike and kill these people. Sounds like a no-brainer. Right. The problem is, right about when they're ready to pull the trigger, a little girl from the village comes wandering out and sets up a table and starts selling bread right near this house. So now you have the, the, the ethical dilemma uh, of do you fire knowing for sure you're going to kill this innocent little girl or do you let these terrorists go, even wow. though they just, they're they planning a suicide bomb attack? So that is really what this movie is about. It's a very dialogue-heavy movie. Um, I should also mention Alan Rickman is in this film, wonderful British actor who just passed away recently. This will be the last film, I believe, that hmm. you'll see him in. What, uh,
3: what a great opportunity, too, just as a family to discuss... Ethics And because and, this whole drone uh, initiative that, are, that goes on now in the in the war and in the military, it's got so many different angles to it and ethical issues. I mean, what an interesting way to bring some of that up with your family.
7: It really is, um, and I'm, I'm glad that that's where you went with that, Matt, because I feel the same way. Obviously, this isn't a movie for little kids, yeah. but for older teens, if you watch it with your teens, it really is a great discussion because there are many things at play here. There's the classical ethics of what's called negative responsibility where, okay, if we don't do anything, are we still implicitly involved in this issue where we know this is going to be a suicide bomber who's going to go out and, and blow himself up somewhere and take many innocent lives or do we take one innocent life to stop that so there's that aspect of it but then there's the other aspect of of this detachment syndrome that we go through where 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 we are operating these drones literally you know there's a couple of people in las vegas Mm -hmm. who are operating this drone and i might add the military personnel that are are portrayed in this film the american pilot Um, And his colleague, the two of them are in tears over, uh, I mean, and I I don't want to make this sound like they don't have the courage to pull the trigger, they do, but they are really torn yeah. about being the person who pulls the trigger and kills this girl so it brings a lot of emotional involvement into it and and it never really takes a side it keeps bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. which is the other thing i really liked about it as well
3: i love it so then they, then they can go to parentpreviews.com and there you'll have discussion topics and and ideas for the parents to to kind of negotiate the conversation
7: absolutely powerful.
3: Good stuff. Well, Rod, we appreciate your work on these and and finding a way as a parent to... have better conversations, not just better entertainment, but actually get some lessons out of it. We appreciate it so much. Everybody go to uh, parentpreviews.com or also look up at Parent Previews on Twitter. You can find out more about the great uh, movie reviews that they have on their site there. We'll take a break, folks. Come back, visit our two producers. Leanna Tan is uh, in studio with us, Caitlin Thomas will be with us as well. We call them uh, uh, Thomas and Tan. <laughs> The, uh, the little producers, we call them, they're wonderful, and they're going to somehow try to, um, I don't know, find a way to, I guess, do a little April Fool's joke on me. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show.
9: I'm Caitlin. And I'm Leanna. Your coaches. Your guides on the side. AKA 23 year old college students who know nothing about life. We
6: the millennials, bro.
10: This
9: is the show where we give you more tools, more information, more ideas, and more insight than Matt Townsend ever gave
10: you. Or ever, ever will. Ever.
9: What a great show. <laughs> okay, April. April Fools, fools everyone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was the worst introduction I've ever heard on my show.
9: I, I know what you're talking never about. wanted to listen to the show more. Wow. I think that was fantastic. Man,
10: alive. I, like, I feel like if you used our intro, you'd probably get more d- listeners. Mm-hmm.
3: Caitlin Thomas, Leanna Tan, Thomas and Tan, <laughs> Thomas the Petite and Producers.
9: Petite, Yes, producers. we are. It's off. The next show coming up.
3: That's their own title. They gave themselves. The, have you seen, by the way, my picture? Yeah, down uh, downstairs. downstairs. It was yeah, so I massive.
9: I had a nightmare about it last night, actually. I saw it in my dreams. Yeah. You
3: dreamed about my picture?
9: That yeah, was weird. That's just if kidding. I had I a dollar... when I woke up.
3: If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, <laughs> I'd have loaded. a loaded. You would have
10: one dollar. <laughs> no, now. I wouldn't. Hey, uh, why
3: does your hat say angry, Caitlin, other than the fact that you're angry?
9: Her mom was angry that she didn't my take mom a was, shower yeah, this my morning. My mom was mad that she I didn't said, wash my hair. This.
3: You know what? What your mom has a point. I know. Not to be rude. It was April Fool's Day. Uh I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Speaking of which, what are we talking about today?
9: April Fool's Day. Do you know why we even do it? Yeah. Why?
3: Because there's fools, and they need to be made fun of, and you need a day to do it.
9: Kind of true. Caitlin Caitlin and and I are April Fools. We are both born in April. My birthday's on Sunday. Everyone, but you're not fools. Oh, that's right. You're right. We're April. I mean, you're foolish.
3: Don't get me wrong. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're very you're you're not fools. You're April no. born.
10: We're April flowers. Sure, we blossom in this month. April, amazing. Anyway, let's <sighs> <oops. laughs> we're moving <Yeah>. on.
3: Then <laughs> make a note.
9: Actually, the real check the producers history. have content. Hey, we yeah. do have content okay okay
3: go ahead what's the content
9: okay so the real the real history is back in like the fifteen hundreds mm-hmm. they used to use the julian or yeah the julian calendar which started in March like the end of March and um then in like fifteen eighty two then france switched over to the gregorian calendar no, i know well,
4: <laughs> those guys
9: i know Just which starts jerks. in january <laughs> and um well this is what people think is the history of it yeah and once they switched over to the gregorian calendar some people you know they didn't get didn't have wi-fi maybe they, they, have, did like, get they, the they didn't get the tweets or anything right. you know and so they're still <laughs> celebrating uh the beginning of the year like at <laughs> yeah, the end of march, march or, or the beginning of april and so people call them like april fools because they didn't know what they were doing so they'd like they took oh. a paper fish and they would, like, tack it to people's back to, like, and it represented young, easily caught fish and a global person. So, fun wow. I just always wondered why you had a fish on your back. You, That's really what I was researching. You
3: just, because you are fluent in Japanese, I don't know if you noticed this, right. but you just started basically using the tonality of the Japanese language when you were saying the fish thing.
4: Was I? Yeah,
3: you did. <laughs>
9: Yeah, I didn't know, so. fish in a global person.
3: That's exactly how you did it. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> April Fools. Um, so, what's the point? The point is... Now- oh, that's why we put kick me signs on Ben's yeah, back. Yeah,
10: well, and that, that's the next Wait, that step. Was so scared. then it evolved from, like, these paper fish representing, you know, global people to signs, you know, say, saying kick me kick or me. ridiculous titles I'm that with you put on stupid. people's backs. And then from there, now it's evolved into a day where we feel like we can get away with doing really mean things to other people. Yeah. So Caitlin, tell your stories. I know you've had some interesting
9: I've had some April really Fools. awful
10: April Fool's Day experiences. Um my older sister is the queen of April Fools, Matt.
3: You are the queen of Lehigh uh, City. She's, right. the of She's the Queen of April Fools. She's the
10: Queen of April Fools. Fortunately for us she actually has moved to Arizona so she wasn't here this year. Okay. But I can still remember the year where she uh Switched all of the cereals into a different box. Tore all the labels off the soup cans. Turned our milk green. Wow! And then I went to go get ready and went to go put on deodorant. Uh huh. And she had cut off the deodorant and molded cream cheese. You're giving a lot of good ideas it on there.
3: No, but keep going. Tell the story. So and I. You went to school. No. Well, and no. a bird landed on your arm. <laughs> well, and see, started... that's how
10: I felt because then I was like, <laughs> I smell like cream cheese.
3: Somebody smells. Oh, that wasn't good. different. Anybody, have a, day. anybody have a bagel? Does anybody have a bagel? I don't know why I'm craving yeah, I, a bagel right now.
10: Yeah, it was. It was really bad. But
3: that's nasty. Because
10: and I, I just it was just like one little like whoop. Yeah. And I, uh, you knew Immediately instantly. knew it was not deodorant. Mm-hmm. Right. That was
3: so fairly obvious. We did the same thing to Ben, and it took Ben a week to figure out. He actually got through the cream cheese.
10: <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and he
9: never switched after real deodorant. And he really Fools, liked it. I'm kidding. We're teasing Ben. He really, that smell. We're he ben.
3: really
4: yeah. likes that smell. I
9: wonder you always
10: smell like cream cheese deodorant. That's mm. it. Today's
3: the only day that oh, we tease Ben. Sorry, Benny. April Fool's brother.
10: I can still remember the year that my sister also put Saran Wrap outside of my parents' bedroom door. Oh, yeah. And their door opens like they open it by pulling oh. it in so they didn't realize it was there. And they both ran straight into it because it was really early. they Did wake she up put really Vaseline?
3: Early? On, that's what you're supposed to do is put Vaseline on the Saran <laughs> Wrap.
10: See, Matt, I, we feel like you probably have some pretty good April Fool's Day jokes. I feel like up you are the sleeve. one
9: playing the jokes.
3: We did once in April. But ours, what? We, I had a friend, we ran over a We didn't run over a snake. There was a dead snake in the road. And we picked up the snake. It was That's a big, expensive. long, like three foot snake. It's nasty. And we took it, and I put it in my friend's car and we co- i didn't my friend my other friend that's did that's disgusting and we coiled it up and just perched his little head just looking at my friend and then we called my friend before cell phones we used a landline
4: oh what and Land i said come line? down to
3: school week cuz we were on the student body thing i'm like come down to school and we and hurry and he ran out and we watched him run out and jump in his car and uh, started it you could almost like okay, it went in gear and then it hurried and went. You could see it. The, it went out of gear and then he jumped out the door <laughs> and mean. just stood there, freaking out. And then he shut the door, ran back in, grabbed keys to the other car, <laughs> and started taking his mom's car. <laughs> and he was going to leave the snake there for someone else. She's
10: just going to so leave it there. So you've been
9: torturing people with snakes yeah. and your photos and for a long time. We did that.
3: My photos. I'm sorry. Pardon? That was just
9: me. Okay.
3: No, a lot of people love that photo down there.
9: Really?
3: No, I have people that can't. They're touching it.
9: Really? There's,
3: there's handprints all over that photo. I think there's a cops. Really? One take away? I think you guys need to go take a picture in front of it. I told you Ben. You I can do that. Ben just meditates in front of it.
10: That's, he gets very zen. <laughs> this is a problem. Well, he also
3: wears zen cream ben. cheese
10: deodorant. so right. <laughs> uh, I don't recommend cream cheese deodorant. I don't just either. to anyone listening. I but mean, I do it, believe, I do personally feel that April Fool's Day is a great holiday.
3: It's a great holiday.
10: I think it's a great opportunity for us to get our. It's the day that you jokes out foolish. of our system,
3: I and mean, this is Stop the only judged. day that I feel like I can tease Ben. I don't tease him any other day, mm. but today—that's
9: April that's Fool's. April that's fools. definitely an April Today's Fool's. Today's the
3: day I tease him. The other days I mean it, <laughs> but today I'm just playing. I'm just playing, Ben. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. April Fools.
10: April Fools. Everything. See, but that's promise. Everything turns into a joke on April Fool's Day.
3: You know what? You guys, uh, just a little fun for you. Hmm. Do you know what day you were hired here at BYU Radio?
10: It was not March April of fools. last
9: year. I was uh, January twenty sixth. No, I April Fools. No, it, was not. it was.
3: I promise. It wouldn't have happened April otherwise. Fools. You guys. That's Check means. your report Well, I'm still here. I know. So that's, what are you saying? That means we April made. Fools. You guys are awesome.
10: Happy April Fool's Day! Why do they Baby call? It, why Day.
3: do you want to be called the Petite Producers?
10: But you yeah, came you up with that name. That.
3: I did not. Yes, you, you did. did. You, you guys are like, that. look, we're so petite. Call us Petite Producers.
9: Yeah, I don't remember that. April, April Fools. Fools! You're so cool, Matt.
10: April Fools! Look, Matt's so <laughs> you're a great host, Matt. <laughs> April <laughs> Fools!
3: <laughs> Rude. Caitlin and
10: Leanna show everyone
3: again. The last time you'll be hearing from the Petite Producers. <laughs>
10: April Fools! <laughs> April Fools!
3: <laughs> We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be visiting our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation. And uh, you may not ever hear from these ladies again. April April fools. Fool's. Back in a minute. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just listening to uh, my favorite hits on International Tuba Day—a celebration of BYU Sports Nation through the tuba. Now let's shoot it down to our good buddies Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, What's man. Up? You guys, uh, you guys into tubas?
1: No. <laughs> Bum, 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 that was a
3: really long bum. note. It's hard to hold a long note in, with a tuba. You know what I mean?
1: I have no idea.
8: It's hard to hold a long note in singing. Yes, it is.
3: <laughs> <But> especially <laughs> you... in a tuba. Okay, guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me your favorite sports memory involving a tuba.
8: It was, was 1982 Cal Stanford the big game? Was that the tuba I, player?
3: I believe it was. Isn't that one a tuba player... Was it a trombone?
4: Sanford Kell.
3: I thought it was a tuba player doing his best to get out of the way. And then he, you know...
8: The band is on the field!
1: It's tr- it was a trombone. It was a trombone.
3: Was it a tr- oh, sorry. Sorry. Is Jerem, do you play trombone?
1: No. I Jerram. played uh, trumpet when I was in elementary
8: school. Really? I'm trying to think if there is a tuba moment. I don't know. There's probably been a sad tuba player in the... NCAA tournament with uh, someone
3: you know, threw the, a ball in there. The
8: well, one of the ba- usually yeah. like they'll they'll be like a super sad girl like crying after her team loses yeah. in the NCAA tournament and then it becomes Wah. a thing.
1: <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Like sad Stanford bum, 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 tuba player, bum, bum, bum,
8: bum, bum. It goes viral on the internet. I was like why is this going viral? She's she's just, she's just
1: sad. She's so sad. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, um, she kept playing through it. That's why it was a funny clip.
3: You guys, um, April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. Yep. Any, have you had any bad experiences yet?
1: My mom attempts to get me every year. She got me this morning. What'd she do? Um, she. Can you tell she, us? Is it personal? She uh, owes me some money. Oh. Because I pay a bill for her. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she said that her water heater broke, <laughs> the furnace broke, or whatever. So her she water. can't pay you. Yeah, she's like, uh, I was like, okay, no worries. She always plays on like money, mm-hmm. something, or yeah. my emotions. Like, she said. Their car broke and or something happened she couldn't make it to graduation when i graduated from B- like three weeks before i was like that's that's fine like i was sad yeah I
3: mean, i'll be fine mom.
1: <laughs> like hey stop playing on yeah
8: emotions and finances yeah i was like hey what
3: she's
1: <laughs> i like feel like oh no worries like it's gonna be okay
3: Is she see i i personally prefer the kind of more of the gag gift yeah. you that's know that's
1: like too real yeah you know?
3: and and you know mom it's your finances i mean I'm like, not going to take your house just away. Playing
1: on my sympathies. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. I prefer Did you hear about the guy that found a a mouse head in his beans?
1: No. Yeah. I hate when they have. Yeah, I prefer that.
3: April Boston Fools. Beans. No, but so apparently this guy f- opened up a can of beans and they were eating the beans and they looked inside and there's a a mouse head. Oh.
1: Ooh. Oh. Opening up a can isn't ah. always a positive experience. No.
3: Always check your beans. You know what I mean? Bean it. <laughs> Been there. Done that. Been there. <laughs> crazy. Exactly. Hey, um, you guys, apparently uh, there's a baseball player. Did you hear about this? This is crazy. It, or Maybe it's not. You guys tell me. Red Sox, Pablo Sandoval.
8: hmm
3: $95 million contract. Yep. What do you think of that?
8: Um, I think that it's a travesty that he's not starting and he's making $95 million.
1: Sitting on the bench.
3: <laughs> $95 million that's crazy to sit on the bench.
1: It is crazy. It's a lot of dough, man. Baseball has no salary cap. Right. And they make a lot of money. They're, they're regional TV networks. For some reason, baseball is you know really regional. So if you live where the Nationals are in D.C., they ha- everyone's got like a good TV contract to where they can afford to pay these players this money.
3: Mm. I'm telling you. It's crazy. I'll do it. I mean, if they want me to do it, I'd do it. I'd sit on I'd sit wherever they want me to sit for ninety-five mil. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? Well, I, mean dumb, man. I sit here all day.
8: Ninety five mil. A million million. little bit less than that. <laughs> what do you do? I Whatever
3: mean, you want. I yeah. mean I'd play, that's I awesome. guess. I, I'd try to at least play. It seems kind of selfish otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a selfish brat. <laughs> he won't even play. Come on, man. Hey, um, tomorrow, apparently, you guys get to work double time.
1: It'll be two Saturdays in a row. I know. Um, I... No, we're excited. It's our uh, general conference uh, pregame show.
3: That's weird. I didn't know you guys did an, an actual general conference pregame we show. Tell,
1: we'll tell you what talks are expected to be the best. <laughs> uh, a must-see.
3: This one's going to be gripping.
1: Power rankings. Yeah, Among the uh, quorum of the 12? No. <laughs> it's, it's an hour full of uh, BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Elder S. Gifford Nielsen, former BYU quarterback, will join us. Wow, cool. Talk about BYU athletics. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamal Williams, BYU stud running back. Who's back? He's back. He'll recap spring practice. Today is their last practice there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as we speak, mm. finishing up the final practice of spring ball. That's tomorrow.
3: That's really cool. Did, um, did you guys, I heard, uh, I don't want to name names, but someone on your staff... Yeah. An sure. insider. I'm a, I don't want to name names because it was we confidential.
1: Got, we got a D'Angelo Russell on our crew. What's
3: kind up? of, but they said that you guys totally picked your game up because you were wearing tuxes. They said really? yesterday's show, whole different level. Because then they well, figured, visually, it was they, well, awesome, they attributed man. that your game was just on.
8: Is it uh, their perspective of us in tuxedos that changed?
3: No, they said you were just sharp. You you slurred f- fewer words. <laughs> Uh
8: was this you that said this, Matt?
3: Yeah. No. No, I promise. You can ask after your show.
8: Was it Sheila line?
3: No. Mm. It was it was it, guess it, it will you tell us? It, it was a deep insider and I saw this person in the break room. And it's a male. <laughs> and ruggedly good looking.
8: Does his name rhyme with Ren?
3: Maybe. R- <laughs> Ren, Ren Raggery? Ren
8: <laughs>
4: Ren Ragri?
3: Ren Ragri? Exactly. Benjamin Radford Radley, Bradley. Gradley. That's yeah. I'm not gonna give you any more than that.
1: Okay. Well good to know. This wasn't told to our face, so He just yeah. uh, he,
3: he actually said we may have to change the dress code.
1: <laughs> oh no.
3: Uh-huh. He said he's never seen you more alert. And he really? also he also said it may a have had answers. something to do with the fact that Jerem was not on any cough syrup.
8: That probably helped.
3: So I'm just I'm just relaying the message. Your producer loves don't kill you. Kill
8: the messenger.
3: <laughs> you guys are good. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say upstairs. You guys are the bomb.
8: We'll try and be somewhat good today, despite not wearing tuxedos.
3: Okay. What are you wearing today?
8: I did bring a suit today. So I have suit pants and a dress shirt on. What's the suit for? I am emceeing a entrepreneurial event Mm. in the Joseph Smith building on BYU's campus at 2 p.m.
4: Excellent. Yes. That's
3: cool. Ben wants to know what Jerem's wearing.
8: Jerem is... Wearing a plaid shirt. (laughs) (laughs) The The go-to. I always wear a plaid shirt.
3: The go-to. Plaid shirt buttoned up at the top. (laughs)
8: Yeah, <laughs> but Excellent. it's not buttoned at the top right now.
3: Okay, he will. Well, it's time to dress up. We'll give you time to get ready. He
8: waits so for the like show a, to put on like his game ger- face. Like, like a jersey. I know, yeah, I know.
3: Jersey, I, I do the same it. thing.
8: Lace up the shoes, yes. Jeremy buttons up the top button. That's
3: I don't exactly even put right. my shirt on till they start playing my, my music for my show.
8: Mm. We got on radio, so you could mm-hmm. technically that doesn't
3: matter. Technically really. it doesn't right? matter. Not like, at all. Yeah. I mean, sh-
1: you're
8: free.
3: Until Sheila Line walks in.
8: Sheila Line. Now you've picked that up. That's fantastic. You know where that's from?
3: No. Why oh yeah, yeah. Somebody, some big dog. Somebody where Miss. They <laughs> were
1: interviewed on a local TV <laughs> on a, on station a,
8: on a prominent local television That's station. There's
1: only like four, so guess. Uh, then yeah, and Michael <laughs> Minor was there as well. Our boss <laughs> and your boss.
3: You okay? mean Michael Minor?
1: Yeah. So they said they they. Butchered their names when oh, they showed up. Mike yeah. Milner. My, Mike Milner. Oh, and did Don they Sheila really? Oh, jeez. So we've, we've called our boss Milner. <laughs> Milner. And uh, yeah, Sheila Line. <laughs> Sheila Line. Yeah.
3: yeah, they love that. They love that.
1: Oh. oh, they love it.
3: They love it. In fact, I just read the memo. Don't bring up Sheila Line.
1: And it's two and a half years old, that joke. Is it it's really? Long, oh, yeah. But it still goes. When it's, the show first started, they did the interview. It's, yeah,
3: st- it's I think no, they
1: did the interview before we even knew what the show was really. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah.
3: i got to let you guys go. Okay, bye. Have a great show. Knock them dead. And return with honor.
8: Thank you. Thank happy you, gentlemen. April Fool's Season Day. Season for courage.
3: Ha- happy, <laughs> happy April Fool's Day to you both. <sighs> They're good. Good folks. Really good folks. And didn't mean to throw Ben Bagley under the, fu- under the bus there. So, sorry. Hey, uh, by the way, I have to give you this story because this is just like a no-brainer, right? Uh Florida woman fights to keep a pet alligator, Rambo, at home, right? Florida woman is fighting to keep her six-foot-long pet alligator in her home. What's the, worst, what's the worst thing that could happen? The 125 reptile named Rambo wears clothes, rides on the back of a motorcycle, and has a bedroom in, the Mar- in Mary Thorne's home in Lakeland. Thorne has had a license for the alligator for 11 years, but it recently grew to six feet. Wildlife officials say the size of the alligator must have 2.5 acres of land. Thorne tells the Orlando Sentinel that even if she had land available, Rambo can't be left outdoors because of sensitivity to sunlight. Are you? You guys. They're killing alligators left and right. Mary Thorne just wants to play with an alligator. The staff and management of BYU Radio do not condone the housing and boarding of alligators or any other illegally acquired reptiles in any private domicile. Don't know why they had to do that. I just think an alligator should be able to live wherever an alligator wants to live.
5: The staff and management of BYU Radio do not condone the housing and boarding of alligators or any other illegally acquired reptiles in any private domicile.
3: Hmm. Ben, is this a new thing? Why are we needing to tell people what the staff and management of BYU Broadcasting think?
5: Don told me that for legal reasons. We need to play that every time you you say something like that. Hmm.
3: Seems a little excessive.
5: Just doing what the boss told me to do.
3: Don Sheila line said that? Yeah. So, so if I say, look, let the lady keep her six-foot gator in her home. Get off her back.
5: The staff and management of BYU Radio do not condone the housing and boarding of alligators or any other illegally acquired reptiles in any private domicile.
3: Hmm. Very thorough. Yeah. That's like a disclaimer. Have I just been disclaimed? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. It kind of hurts. So the staff and management don't think you should, but Dr. Matt, the doctor, go for it. If you've got a six-foot gator, bring him into the house.
5: As long as you differentiate yourself from the staff and management, I think I think you're okay.
3: I think it's hard to differentiate. I'm wearing my BYU broadcasting jacket. A lot of people think I am staff. That needs to be managed. Okay, good. At least we know. Uh, at least we know. Apparently, um, I'm not going to be able to do that without getting in trouble. Um, wow, is that the only one they're doing? Um, okay, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, in the bad boys section... Bad boys, bad boys. Police say a uh, central Pennsylvania man who locked himself out of his house wound up locked up in jail. Once emergency responders realized that he had unpaid court fines, 35-year-old Jeffrey Jones climbed onto the roof of his house Sunday night, and when trying to get into a, through a window, police, somebody called 911, he got stuck, and when they got there, they found out he has $750 in court costs. So he gets locked out... And he has to pay his fines? Come on.
5: The staff and management of BYU Radio do not endorse or condone any negligence in paying of duly owed fines and fees.
3: Mercy. Are we doing this all the time now? I just keep getting
5: disclaimers to play.
3: Is Don sitting in another room making disclaimers all day? I
5: think he's just heard your show enough that he knows kind of (sighs) what you're going to say.
3: I don't even know what to say anymore. Well, I don't know. Well, I got to give you the hero story really quick. But uh, in Manchester, England, on Easter weekend, they handed out eggs and candy to kids that had been affected by crimes. And guess where they got the money to pay for the Easter eggs for these kids? But they got it by seizing money and possessions from organized gangs and crime gangs. So they took the criminals and their money and they reinvested it into the kids. So the heroes of the day are the police department in Manchester, England. Thanks for uh, using your head, saving us some money, and taking care of the kids. We're going to take a break. That's it, folks. That's the show. Have a great weekend. Join us again next Monday. More tools, more ideas to help you live longer, love stronger, take care of each other, and watch each other's backs and make it a great one.